we got a lot going on today. We got some big guests, some big guests today. I'm looking forward to uh, Jesse Kaler at one o'clock, Rewalk uh, Robotics at 12:30, but at 12:15, Jason Less, the CEO of Riot Blockchain. They had some news this morning. They had a deal announced. We'll talk about that. Jason Less, ticker I, sorry, not I, R I O T, Riot, one of the largest blockchain miners or Bitcoin miners in the world, coming on Benzing Alive today. Today. Yeah, if you're interested in Riot or just Bitcoin mining in general and some of these Bitcoin uh, crypto mining stocks, we're going to talk to Jason, learn some more about that industry. I'm very excited about that. And then again, we've got a cool robotics company coming on after that. Um, But Spencer, let's take a look at the top headlines of the day so far. So right now, um, we we have Jerome Powell is testifying right now, correct? Or yelling? Uh, Yeah, Yellen or Powell, I think. Are are they done? Does anyone actually know? Um, Maybe we do this. I think they're done. Uh, but they could not be. Maybe we'll do this. Maybe if we um, if we want to have some fun later, we just bring them up on the screen and we just talk over them. But I think they're still testifying. They did. It, it's a two day thing that they always do. This this uh, in, in front of the in front of Congress, one day in front of the House, one day in front of the Senate. Today's day two. Um, although the cat's out of the bag now, I don't know what else they could say. Um, and I feel like, honestly, the more they talk, the more they just piss people off. Yeah, J- Jerome um, Powell said yesterday, so. you know, it was finally time to put that transitory label in the grave, put it to rest. It's done. Um, and then Yellen today was essentially saying uh, not that inflation was transitory, just that some of the supply chain issues were causing some of this rise in inflation. So uh, the hopeful case is that as these supply chain issues get figured out, inflation will come back down. Um, we will see if that is the case. But... Um, let's go ahead and pull up our Benzinga Pro, Spencer, and we'll take a look at what the overall markets are doing, as well as some of the big winners of the day. Dude, it's a pretty good day so far. First off, hit that like button. Hit the like button because we're having a good day, right? We're all we're all up. We're all green. Well, not all of us, but some of us, most of us. Um, yesterday was a day, was it just a sea of red out there? Today, kind of the opposite. Sea of green, unless you've got Salesforce. Unless you've got Moderna, um, it's 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 green. What can I say? I mean, we got two three quarters of stocks today trading higher. Three quarters of the entire stock market trading higher. That's great. Tell tell us what you're in today. We want to know. AB, I know you. Um, we we, we got to talk about your your Zoom position. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we can yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, okay. So so it's a green day on Wall Street. You know, market's still trying to figure out what the hell's going on between the, um, the, uh, the uh, what, what's it, uh, Omicron? Omicron. Omicron. Uh, the Omicron strain. It, it, it seems like the market's saying today, hey, look, we don't really care. We, we took a look at the COVID-19 numbers yesterday. And, um, you know, so if you're watching the show yesterday, here, I'll go ahead and pull up my Robin Hood. Um, so here, let's do this. And while you do that, here's my handy-dandy Benzinga Pro. And again, go to my watch list. You can see what I'm, what the oh. whole market that I have. Look at that green on the screen. Everything green on your watch list, Spencer. Everything green on my watch list of the top components in every major sector and major index. Everything green today. It's one of those days. Throw a dart at the dartboard, you're probably up. Just, yep. like, just like yesterday, you're probably down. Um, all right. So here, let me go ahead and pull on my Robinhood. I'll talk about my Zoom yep. position. I'll talk about 
Um, so, so real quick. So yesterday, when everything was uh, when the, when the market kind of dipped while while Paolo was speaking and everyone was talking about Omicron, I thought we could see some money flowing into Zoom. We did see that yesterday. I liked it as just a quick trade, but of course, like we talked about yesterday, I'm kind of in this uh, purgatory on Robinhood where I can't do mm. um, day trades. So, well, I can. If I do another one, I may be restricted from buying stock for the next 90 days, right? Um, so, Zoom, my, my Zoom call was up a lot yesterday. Zoom opened down today. I opened a Zoom put yesterday before it closed just to try to kind of hedge my position a little bit. Um, this morning, I opened these Apple calls that are up over 100%. Um, so, if, if I see that, Spencer, I'm, I'm stuck in, a, in between a hard... What is it? Hard place in a in a rock. Rocking. Yeah. Okay. Hard place in a rock. I, I, I'll allow it. I'll a hard allow place it. in a rock. A hard place in a rock. Because I could sell these Apple calls that I've made some good money on. I do think Apple kind of has hit a top for the day and may come back down a little bit. Um, but if I, like I said, if I sell these Apple calls, I will, you know, lose my ability to to maybe buy or trade stocks for ninety days, which isn't the end of the world. That there are other um, brokerages out there, but I do like Robinhood. So who knows? Maybe I'll just hold these Apple calls into tomorrow, hoping for more strength in the stock. But well, you're not going to well, wait. When, when did you open them again? Sorry. This morning. Oh, but <laughs> Zoom. So Zoom, I sold my Zoom calls. Uh, ended you up, did this morning. Yeah. Ended up. Pretty, yes. And it ended up pretty even because they were up a lot yesterday. Zoom opened down today. So the calls got hit. Wow. I am holding on to this Zoom put right now. Um and then these snap calls as well. So here, let me pull up what we looked at yesterday, and that was the, the COVID-19 cases in the United States. Uh, so I said that th- this number here, let me get the screen pulled up so we can all look at what I'm looking at. There we go. Add it to the screen. So right here, so we, when we looked in at this, no, I don't want show all. So when we looked at this, we saw this number yesterday, or the or numbers for the 29th, that there was 216,000 new COVID cases, uh, well above the seven-day average. I said, all right, Spencer, I'm going to be slightly worried if we see that number again in that range. Well, that number came down only 100,000 new cases versus 215,000 new cases. So to me, that's saying, okay, that was just kind of an anomaly. We got a lot of reported cases in one day after the long weekend. Uh, They were catching up on testing from Thursday, Friday of Thanksgiving week and over the weekend. And so now uh, it doesn't look as daunting. So, you know, the, the market today is basically saying, Omicron fears were maybe a little overblown. The sell-off was uh, maybe a, a little too much yesterday. So a lot of buyers came okay. back in. We actually saw that immediately, Spencer. Yesterday after hours, we saw the queues spike up like half a percent right after the market closed. I feel like I was trying. To, maybe it wasn't with you, but with Joel and Dennis in the morning. I was trying to be like positive, but they kept like hitting me down a little bit but who did i don't know it's like they were so negative in the morning i was trying to like yesterday be, morning yeah I, really for the last couple of weeks but yeah yesterday you know friday i was trying to like be positive here i i, I don't want to be that guy that comes out and says like everything is fine everything is fine but i also like didn't know if i really bought the, the the fear and panic on Friday and Monday. Yeah, I mean Friday it's not, Tuesday, not always the case, but usually yeah. when when people are kind of doom and gloom, it, it's very short sighted, right? There's a, a red day in the markets, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, um, 
you know, whatever. And so then the, when the next day stocks are back up, of course, that subsides and people are back in that, in yeah. that buying mode. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm happy for you, though, because uh, I was nervous about your Zoom, your Zoom trade. That was a that was a risky business, risky business you did. Uh, you bought a, uh, a, a out of the money Zoom call three days before expiration when you couldn't even sell it the next the same day. Um, yeah, that was kind of silly, but it did. I mean, you it worked out for you. <laughs> yeah, it worked out for you. From where I bought it, so I bought it when Zoom was at about two oh eight and a half, and it went all the way up to two fourteen. So we had like a six dollar move that was at my back. The the calls went up nearly a hundred percent. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. If I were in a position to, I, I would have sold those to to make some gains. But um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I could either again sell those Apple calls for a profit, uh, and then take that ban, or what I'm probably going to do is just hold them into tomorrow and hope that we see another good green day tomorrow. Uh, okay, a few more things I want to hit on here, uh, and then we got some more fun stuff planned today. I want to talk about Twitter, okay, because uh, Aunt Kathy went dip buying yesterday. She bought 1.1 million shares of Twitter. Wait, can you refresh that? I don't think that's right. There we go. That's better. Thank you. Good good spot. Yeah. Good spot. There we go. All right. Anyway, um, Kathy Wood, ARK Invest, bought 1.1 million shares of Twitter yesterday, two days after, no, one day after Dorsey stepped down uh, as CEO. So... Uh, going dip buying in Twitter, AB. What do you think? I mean, it's been a is is that is that a fifty two week low? Is is that a low of the year? Yes, it is. From yesterday, made a new low of the year. The, the prior low of the year was January nineteenth, forty four forty. Yesterday we got to forty three dollars. Now we've bounced today because the whole market's higher. But uh, hey, credit to her. She knows what she likes. Yeah, I mean, Kathy loves buying dips. She loves these big tech stocks. Um, so basically with Twitter here, Spencer, if you're going out and buying Twitter here, not only are you betting on the new CEO mm -hmm. who seems to know what he's doing, what he's talking about, he's coming from being the CTO, the chief uh, technology officer. Right. Um, you're basically betting that the company will be able to monetize its you know, hundreds of millions of users, right? There's some of these social media um, companies out there that have a lot of users and, and investors certainly care about your users, your MAUs, monthly average users. Um, active, active. Active, but uh, um, maybe what's more important is are you able to, to monetize off, off these users, right? We saw this with Facebook. When Facebook first went public, people were like, okay, Wall Street basically said, yeah, you guys got a bunch of users, but you suck at making money. And then what happened, um, Facebook figured their advertising out. They figured they out how to um, personalize ads to users. And what happened was Facebook's revenue skyrocketed from those moves. And eventually, uh, you, you know, we went from Facebook stock being at 12. It went from, what, $17 down well, to... We can look at the chart and find out. That's the beauty of Benzinga Pro. So basically, the model is out there, right? The model is out there. You can you grab that user base... <laughs> You learn how to monetize off of it. And, and you can make that argument for a couple other platforms out there as well, like Snapchat. Um, you know, it's, it's a question of will this leadership team figure out how to make a lot of money? Twitter hasn't been able to do it over the past eight years. I mean, look at Twitter stock over the past 
five, six, seven years, it's been kind of a dog. If you bought the high uh, right after the Facebook IPO, $45 in May of 2012, it took you until – it took you basically a year and a half, a year and a quarter. It took you a year, almost a year and a half. You know, uh, it took you about 16 months uh, to make your money back in Facebook because it wasn't until September of 2013. I think I'd uh, back above that uh, th- that forty five. Uh, now that all looks quaint now, um, but yeah, you're right. It wasn't obvious at the time, just like it's not obvious on Twitter now. Uh, Facebook has provided the roadmap. Snapchat's provided a good roadmap too. Um, here's the all time chart on Twitter, right? It just goes to show. Yeah, so we're we're at right now where we were in 2015. If you mm-hmm. bought 20 Twitter in 2015. Yeah. Despite all the growth of the app, how many more users have flooded in, how many how much more people are spending time on Twitter now versus Facebook, the stock is exactly where it is. Well, remember the theory like that uh Trump being in the White House was going to be like amazing for Twitter. So if we go look at 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 just uh when like we'll call him mid 2016 mid 2016 or maybe when he uh got elected so so October 2016 or November 2016 um that theory actually kind of played out yeah a I, little bit twitter went from 19 uh or here we'll call it 17 we'll be generous 17 until election day of last year um it went from 17 to like 50 during uh, while Trump was in office, so having a tweeter in chief really did help. But those days are gone. Tweeter in chief, I like that. I didn't come up with that. Um, oh. I see in the in this in the chat, Loco Trader wants us to check out Snapchat. Let's go ahead and pull that chart up, Spencer. Snapchat's having a great day. Do, do you use? Are you on Snapchat? Do you use it? I am on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. I Snapchat is. I've said this before. Probably one of the best apps on my phone at getting me. To open the app, they send me notifications like once a day. I'm probably on Snapchat maybe ten seconds a day, on average. Right? I yeah, I think I'm I'm right at that age range where like people younger than me really really use Snapchat. We I've had Snapchat literally since like I think like the first year it was available like for a very long time. Yeah, and we used to. I feel like I used to use it a lot more than I do now. Me too. Um, but from Meeting and talking to some, like, I think I've told this story before, but I, I, I was working at a golf course in college, and one of the kids I started working with was, was actually in high school. His name was Davis, and he's like, yeah, Aaron, like, uh, we should hang out after work sometime. Like, let me get your Snapchat. And I'm like, dude, like, just take my number. Text me. Nah, but, like, to him, nah. as, like, an 18-year-old, that's what's normal it is to ask for a friend's Snapchat. So it's it's like that is for a lot of that age, age range from like 15 to 20, I feel like the primary uh, method of communication. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously, if you're looking at this monthly chart, you see that it was pretty pretty brutal uh, October for, for Snapchat coming off their earnings report. Um, you know, it should never be this easy, right? Basically, in 2021, Snapchat went um, from – you know, yeah, we're, let's even go to a daily here. But it went from like fifty to eighty, right? Um, did it? Should it have done that? I, look at this. This guy's got gappy all over the place, right? You got this weird cloud going on there. I, I hate that. Um, it looks like Snapchat did turn a corner 
in terms of their business. Uh, remember, they weren't growing for a while, but they're 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 growing now. Their MAUs are growing. Well, their their whole I mean, everything had a great run during COVID, but their Snap specifically. I mean, Snap got down to I believe below ten dollars on the March on the March twenty twenty lows and went from you know maybe eight dollars all the way up to eighty. Yeah, it got down to twelve. So or no, ten. You're right, ten. All right, we'll call it ten. Ten yeah. to eighty. I mean, that's eight x bag over a, a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and, and Snapchat's one of those stocks that benefited from COVID, right? Because kids were, do, were home. Do you, maybe, but do you remember people were looking at Snap? Remember Snap Maps, or do you know what that is? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Remember people were using that as like a reopening indicator. Oh, people are out on Snap Maps. Do you know? Really? Yeah. I don't. Well, yeah. I don't. I, I don't specifically remember that, but right. it makes sense. I don't, I don't know if snap was giving that data out or if maybe people were just collecting like alternative data on their um snapchats but yeah i mean again i i do like this stock long term just for that reason for the reason that hey look a lot of kids are, are using this as their primary method of communication and if if we have any uh you know indication from history it's that these social media companies will get better over time at monetizing that user base um, of course, there are exceptions. I'm sure there will be companies that look like, oh, my God, they have this many users and they never figure out how to monetize it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's to me, th this is one that I like long term. Um, I'd be curious, too, Spencer. I know we we don't really talk a lot about analyst ratings on this no. uh, show. But well, it's because they haven't been relevant for a little while. And by relevant, I mean they haven't really moved, moved markets as much as they used to. Right, but I think if you look at the price targets for a lot of, yeah. um, and they're not just like little analysts, you yeah. know, like Morgan Let's Stanley had an eighty dollar price target on Snapchat. Let's Goldman go. Sachs Let's had go. a. Let's uh, go look. Let's go look. Yeah, go back a couple months. Oh, we can just click all. Yeah, the more um, you learn, Spencer's got some dude, good tricks. Why are we not? Well, you're clear. Clear everything. Hold on. Start. Start again. Yeah. Snap. Alyssa. Alyssa in the chat. In the chat. Shout out. Alyssa is, is confirming my. Um, kind of thesis there that that kids 2000s kids and up exclusively lose snapchat i don't know if i mean i assume these investors like institutional investors know that but sometimes they don't have their uh like pulse on on the or finger on the pulse as well as maybe we do like being younger being able to talk to some of these people all right, um, I haven't been in this this just shows you how long it's been since i looked at ratings so if you, I... if you highlight them um like drag like you're highlighting an excel sheet the price targets, it, it will give us an average on the bottom right. Really cool feature of Benzinga Pro, by the way. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. All right, uh, so I, maybe, I, do you want me to show you? I, I'm formatting my damn table because I, I don't I don't care about the analyst name. I don't care about the time. I just care about the action, and I care about... Who was it, right? I, I, I care more about what Morgan Stanley has to say than, um, I don't know. Right. I, this is going to show, I've, I have not been in this table in so long. I basically never look at ratings anymore, because why? And I don't. I don't even need the the name of the company. I know the name of the company. Um, I don't, Shelley, I don't know what you're talking about. Send photos. That's send photos. That's what uh, the the app was was made to do. Dude, Snap Camera. Do you use that? I have it on my laptop. Yeah, it's freaking amazing. I could turn it on right now and give myself it's some freaking like, awesome cool filters. It's so cool. I like using the bald filter on there. Wait, so uh, wait, okay. So, like so this is a this is a list of every rating in Snapchat chronological order from uh, newest to oldest. You're saying if I highlight them, I'm saying just like drag your cursor yeah. across the 
you don't even need to do it just on that column. Yeah, but see right there on the bottom bottom right of your screen. Holy says, crap! It gives us the average. How did I not know this? I don't know. You learn some. You learn some things with AB. All right, so let's look at post earnings here. Post earning. Oh, so this up. was after Snap's bad earning report. Uh yeah. Well, because right, look, they yeah. all lowered. Uh, uh, yeah. The, yeah, they all lowered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it was it was uh. What are you doing? I want to see the average. It was key bank. No, I know. I'm just fixing it. So, ninety three dollars. That's the average. And we're no, at- no, that was their prior. I'm on the wrong column. This is their new. Oh, okay. This is their new. Sorry. Eighty dollars. Eighty dollars. What are we at now? Fifty. Uh, yeah. That's more than a fifty percent move. Fifty percent would bring us to seventy five. Um. So Dude. yeah, I mean, to me, it, it, it's like I don't live and die by analyst ratings but yeah. look some of some of those people maybe not all of them some of them are, are smarter than myself and uh spend a lot of time it's their job to analyze these stocks and if they're saying hey look there's more than a 50 percent upside in snapchat uh i, I kind of like I, I have a dumb question do you know what smart score is <laughs> no not us <laughs> not me and you it, it's some saber metric of sorts it's a uh all right what's uh billy bean yeah, he he came in and uh, instituted fair, the fair. Um, the, but the the other thing I would say that could fly against what you're saying, Aaron, is um, look at all the green. Greg, greens mean green means overweight slash buy slash outperform, right? Look at all the green. If I don't know if this is, if this is going to happen, but if let's go to my details and look at the chart, okay. If you get you know we we find ourselves it's January, February, March, whatever. Um, Let's say next earnings report rolls around and Snapchat has another bad one, right? Now you get on top of that weak report potential, you get the follow on catalyst of maybe some a lot of analysts come out and say, oh, I think our thesis was wrong here. We're downgrading to neutral. And why does that matter? Why do analysts matter? Because analysts, first off, have a bullish bias, right? They have a bullish bias because being bullish helps them get access to the company. So when analyst turns bearish, that's interesting because it, it means they're fighting against their own bias. The second thing is analysts are the people, the sell-side analysts, that's who we're talking about here, are the people that are having conversations not just with the company, but with investors on the street, with, with institutions, with hedge funds, etc. They are, in theory... The people that know what's going on at the company and that know the story. And if you're, you know, some hotshot manager and you are looking whether you want to freaking, you know, do you, you're doing your DD on some stock, you know, you you hit up this firm, you hit up this analyst at this firm, and, and they give you the scoop. They are the ones that will defend or not defend a stock to you. But Jay, right? Jay Rice is bringing up a good point in the chat. He's saying, remember, all the analysts yeah. hated it when it was under 10. Yeah, I'm, we're not saying they're always right, right? So, but but it, it, that, it brings up a good point. Um, I believe it's from this uh, lady that I follow on Twitter. Her name's Helen Meisler. Meisler. Yeah. yeah, she's good. Her pinned tweet is nothing like a change in price yeah. to change sentiment. Yeah. Right? So it's easy to hate a stock when it's under 10 and not moving. And when it goes from ten to fifty, your sentiment might change a little bit on it. You know, yeah. I know, I know, my sentiment on uh, Tesla has changed a lot due to its price movement. I've been like, okay, it's a, it's o- overvalued, uh, yeah. you know, here, there, wherever, and then it keeps going up, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm time to time to throw that 
sentiment away. Yeah, but imagine if you're a Snapchat and you and you're like, oh crap, we just had a bad two quarters in a row or whatever. Um, if you've got a bunch of analysts out there that, that you know have overweights and buy ratings, you know you, you can go to them, and you know that they will defend you to the street. They will defend you if you have a group of analysts that have neutral ratings or sell ratings. They're not going to defend you, right? It, it, it creates a, a, a base of it basically it's like it's offense versus defense, right? Right now, um, you know the the analysts are pretty much exclusively on the overweight by outperform side. We have any sell ratings here? Not recently, dear lord. Um, so for for Snapchat, it, it creates like like a, a network of of people that are going to defend the stock. Uh, that could change though, and if that does change, I'm saying if we get another quarter or two, like we got the, the last time around, or if the stock just keeps going down, frankly, um, maybe the analyst, like you said, change price, change sentiment, change their mind. Now all of a sudden, you have less people with connections willing to defend, to come out, stick their neck out, and defend the stock publicly, and that that just creates one more negative tailwind. So. Okay, enough on the ratings here. Um, I mentioned Twitter, and then I also wanted to talk about what was the other stock that that, that Kathy bought? Uh, oh, Robinhood. 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 Kathy dip bought Robinhood. Uh, how is Robinhood doing today? This is interesting because Robinhood had the last of its lockup expirations today. Uh, it could mean nothing, or it could mean something. All it really means is that the all the shares that were locked up prior to the IPO. Are now eligible for 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 trading. Um, if you work at Robinhood and you had shares um, or RSUs, uh, whatever locked up prior to the IPO, um, you can now sell those shares if you want to. Not that not that maybe not that you would, but you're at least now you're allowed to. So uh, Robinhood is that is that right? That's right, right? Down four percent today. Yeah. So new all time low. Uh, there's nothing real to say about it other than. It's not. It's not just Hood. If you compare Hood to like Coinbase, um, a, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these, actually, Coinbase has turned it around. Maybe that wasn't the best comparison. But um, wow, look at that! Coinbase has turned it around here. I didn't realize Coinbase had come up that much. But uh, anyway, um, massive downtrend. You can say all you want, but the market has hates this stock right now and there's only so much you can do when that happens and out of curiosity just to bring this back to our last segment here on the ratings the analysts here we have okay so it looks like there hasn't really been any changes yet you had a couple of them lower their price target after earnings goldman rosenblatt as you look at that goldman very influential which was an underwriter. I know this because this is how I know Goldman was an underwriter. You go look at the dates here on all these ratings. and Oh, come on. Garbage internet here. Hold on. Let me fix that. Okay. You see all these ratings on uh, August 23rd. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's not an accident, right? You have 10 ratings on, on one day. And it's a couple weeks after the IPO. Right, like a month after the IPO, that's because if you're an underwriter, you there is what's called an analyst quiet period, where you are basically not allowed to say anything 
about the stock. Once that quiet period ends, I don't know why my pro is doing this. I have to call support. Um, you're allowed to come out and give a public rating. Now, obviously, if you underwrote, if your firm underwrote an IPO, you're not going to come out with a sell rating. That wouldn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, sometimes, as is actually the case here, you did have a couple of firms come out with a neutral. Oh, look, JP Morgan with an underweight. That is highly unusual. Dude, what is going on with my pro? Um, highly unusual to see a firm come out with an underweight rating, underweight rating on a stock that they that they underwrote the IPO. But that's what happened here. So that's a red flag, number one. Um, but my point is, dude, what? <laughs> okay, my uh, my my. my <laughs> Forget it. My point here is just to say that um, this is a point that Josh Brown brought up a couple years ago. We're talking about Slack, and and Slack did a direct listing, and and he he was bullish Slack. And prior to Slack getting acquired by Salesforce, it wasn't a great performing stock, and uh, at least prior to COVID. And he was like, I underestimated the importance of having analysts on the street willing to defend the stock publicly. Um, and in the case of Robinhood, um, you've got a bunch of analysts that, were, that gave out positive ratings after the IPO that underwrote the IPO. But uh, you've, the only ratings we have since then are uh, some downgrades, basically. So um, analysts not really doing a good job is, is, is my point in that. Um, so, okay, Robinhood was a buy from Kathy. Twitter was a buy from Kathy. Uh, I think those are the only things that that I want to hit on from from a Kathy standpoint because I did she did see she bought dips yesterday. Yeah, and and it might that might be a sign of maybe Kathy's influence, not you know just on overall retail investors maybe waning a little bit because it doesn't seem as if people saw oh my god Kathy went out and bought Robinhood and went yeah. out and rushed to buy it. You know that we used to see that a lot where okay Kathy bought X stock the next day it's up uh, you know five percent or whatever. Um, Spencer, I see a, f a few position in the chat, or sorry, a few questions in the chat yep. saying, uh, when's Riot CEO coming on? He will be on in 15 minutes. That's Jason Less. Excited about that. We are going to learn more about just the Bitcoin mining in general. So if you have any questions about Bitcoin mining, about Riot specifically, drop them in the chat and we will ask Jason them directly. Um, this is one I'm really excited for because we are going to see this industry continue to grow. Spencer, if I had to guess, we will see more and more public companies arise that are focused in crypto mining. And I really don't know a lot about it. Yeah. I know, I know, I know it I, takes a lot of energy. I, I, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like I've spoken to a number of these executives. I've spoken to the CEO of Mara, spoken to, um, Frank Holmes, who runs Hive Blockchain, I've spoken to uh, Hut Eight, and I need like this is a a thing that I am still learning a lot about. Um, the, the 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 Bitcoin mining, and like the whole um, like Web three, the whole Web three thing, is like a thing that a space that I am trying to read a lot more, read and listen articles, podcasts a lot more of because uh, or about because I. The whole thing still confuses me, to be honest with you. Um, you know, even though I own some crypto, I own it more so because there are people that I trust that tell me to own it. 
Not because I necessarily understand it, which is not maybe not the best thing. But um, speaking of crypto and crypto stocks, you know, these miners very often move with the price of Bitcoin because oh, really? that's what they do, right? They're miners. Uh, that being said, let's do a crypto update. Whoa. More like green map. Yeah, heat map is green today across the board. Every, I, I don't actually know the last time I can remember that every single thing on here was, was green. Maybe like a week or two ago. Um, Let's see what's leading the charge. I see Algo up 12%. I see Matic uh, up 15%. Look at Solana up almost 10%. Let's go. Where's my cost base is at? I don't know. Lower is the answer. Yep. Um, Bitcoin and Ethereum, of course, both up. Looks like Bitcoin's up about 3.3%. So good day to bring on the CEO from Riot Blockchain. Um, Shiba Inu, pretty flat, up 72%. Dogecoin up 9.92%. Um, Polkadot up nearly a half a percent. Ripple up more than 2%. Cardano, like you said, Spencer, up 3%. Spencer's checking in on his Cardano position. Yeah, well, I bought it at, come on, help me out. I bought it at 10, just under 107. So we're at 231. And that was almost exactly three months ago. No. Yes, almost exactly three months ago. I can't do math in my head. So, nice. Go me. I, I need to be buying more crypto. I decided that I'm um, not going to be contributing to my 401k anymore. And I'm going to be, uh, at least for the time being, and I'm going to be doing uh, some crypto stuff because crypto is the future. So, anyway, we're going to talk more about this with uh, Jason less than 10 minutes. But good day for the market. That includes cryptocurrency. Shout out Bitcoin. Shout out Solano. Shout out ETH. And uh, shout out to everyone in the chat who also owns crypto. As a reminder, you can get some free Bitcoin. Free Bitcoin. All you have to do is download the Voyager app, use the offer code Zing, Z-I-N-G, fund your account with $100, and make your first trade. And they will give you 50 bucks in Bitcoin. Free which is, Bitcoin? Which is worth more today than it was yesterday. Free Bitcoin? That's what I said. Free BTC. Maybe we can, um, Spencer, talk to Jason about sending us some free Bitcoin. Jason Raznick? No. Oh, Jason Less. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that one went over my head. Uh, yeah. We, we can see if we can get the CEO of a publicly traded uh, Bitcoin miner to give us some free Bitcoin. Roy said he just started doing crypto mining himself. We have some people at Benzinga that mine crypto. Maybe we should get them on the show. We should get like Ryan on or, or Enver talk about their mining. Um, yeah, Hex214 Pony. Uh, I have not actually decided yet how I'm going to uh, do some crypto um, retirement stuff, whether it's uh, uh, iTrust or uh, Bitcoin IRA. Those are the two big ones, but um, that's my plan for next year anyway. Uh, okay, so we've got eight minutes before our first guest is here and i wanted to take this time to uh wait i want to talk 
Well, yeah, a couple no, things. No, go I, ahead. I never yeah. heard your story about this morning. No, yeah, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, but uh, I have another yeah. thing too. I um I almost died this morning on the way to work. Born to be free. I would do that. Uh, I almost died this morning on the way to work. I had one of my like top three most like terrifying like nightmare scenarios happen like while you're driving. You know, like I consider like my top three nightmare scenarios to be. I think I've already had all my nightmare scenarios. Really? Okay, I've not. I've had. I've had two of them now. Okay, I've had two of my top three. Um, one of the top three is this happened to me years ago. Is you're driving and all of a sudden like a you see like a spider like come down from the ceiling. Okay, like, like right next to you. Yeah, that that happened to me. I almost crashed doing that. That was years ago. Um, the other one that happened to me this morning was I'm driving down down the highway here down to Detroit. It's it's freaking. It's six a.m. Right. It's dark. Um, and all of a sudden, I see like the cars to my left that are ahead of me, like swerve out of the way. I'm just like, what are they doing over there? And then out of the freaking blue or black, because it's dark out, a tire rolls across the highway, probably like five to 10 feet in front of me. Um, and I had to swerve out of the way. And then the people behind me had to swerve to the right, obviously, because it was, it was rolling. And dude, I, my heart stopped. It, it was so because it, it was black. It was you know dark black tire, dark out, no lights, couldn't see it. Uh, how nobody crashed is a is is a miracle, right? Knock on wood for that. But like, well, I'm glad that you're okay. Uh, sounds scary, dude. It was so scary. I had to, I had to like pause my podcast and like breathe. For a I've minute. had okay. So I've had one time I was driving on actually just probably this all these events yeah. probably happened on uh, I seventy. It, it I70 runs from like. Somewhere out on the West Coast, maybe Vegas, all the way to Baltimore. But it's what I oh. what I took in Missouri to get from St. Louis to Columbia, where I went to school. Um, it just shoots all the way across the state of Missouri from St. Louis to Kansas City. Yeah. Anyway, I'm driving one day, and, and I'm, I'm behind a semi, not, like, too close. Yeah. And I see one of the semi's tires kind of frayed, right? Like, there's, like, a one, like, thread of tire that's, like, hitting it. I'm like, all right, that, that's kind of worrisome. And I'm Dude, like... Dude, you blew out in front I'm of watching you? it. Yeah, oh, and I literally, like, knew it was going to happen. Oh, I saw God. that, like, five minutes before, and I was following this, and I kept watching the tire, and then eventually that tire did blow, and I, I was lucky enough to... to Another time I was in the left lane on 70, it's just a little two-lane highway once you get in, like, the middle of Missouri, and a semi that was to the right of me, literally, like, they, I was just in their blind spot or something, and literally just started merging in the lane. Like, if I would have stayed in the lane, I would have got sucked nice. under the semi, so I had to go out on the Jeez. left side of, like, the shoulder. Luckily, there was uh, nothing on that show. You know, if there was, like, a yeah. car parked on that shoulder or something, yeah. I would have been screwed, but luckily there wasn't, and I actually... I'm not really like a road rage, like mean, like type of really? guy. Really, really. But I got like back on the highway, like went up next to the to the the, the semi truck that ran me off the road. Was like cursing at him. Found the number on the thing. I called the company. It was like, <laughs> wait, did, did it say how's my driving? And you called. You're like, you're driving. I just sucks. found the company, and I was like some trucking company, and I was like, yeah, dude, this dude, like, f- look at your routes. Whoever was driving on 70 this morning going west, like, completely ran me off the road, and they were like. We take this very seriously. I'm like, well, I freaking hope so because, like, <laughs> if you don't take that seriously, then you're yeah. not doing your job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, driving is, yeah, th- without a doubt, the most dangerous thing we do For every sure. day. I, I, and I think we humans. overlook. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should start, you know, just counting our blessings every time we get to and from somewhere safe. If only, if only we had a few companies working on like self-driving cars. Oh, I can't wait. I, I think that's going to be one of the things one day, Spencer, that like if we have kids, grandkids, we'll tell, they'll be like, oh my God, you guys 
like drove like you guys were doing that yeah you, you, you might be right by the way yesterday was it yesterday you asked me why do i want a dash cam yeah, dude, <laughs> this is literally why I want a dash play, cam. We could play you the, the tire video right now dude, if we had had that set up. This is literally it. So, by the way, in, in case you're wondering, my, my last, like, and, and we'll, we'll bring Jason Les here on in, in, in a minute here, but um, my last, like, uh, nightmare driving scenario, which has never happened, nor have I ever heard of it happening to anyone, um, but I can't get it out of my mind, is um, when you're driving underneath, like, a, a highway sign and the sign comes down. Yeah. Which has never happened to anyone that I've heard, but yeah, but you you could say that about like walking too. You'd be walking down the street and some yeah thing falls. There was a, yeah. a some sports team. They opened a new team store and the logo fell like on the first day. Oh, that was the that was the Guardians. That was the Cleveland Guardians. That was like last week. Yeah, the, I saw that. Little, the thing just fell yeah. off. This like, yeah. all right, that's not a good start. Um, speaking yeah. of sports, real quick, last thing that I was going to mention before we get to to Jason Les, the CEO of Riot Blockchain. Um, Spencer, I started, they have this new Tom Brady documentary. Okay. It's like a documentary series. I think it's on ESPN plus and Hulu. It's like 10 parts. I think they've had like the first three out. I was thinking about it while I was watching it. Tom Brady has to be the first athlete to have like a documentary made about him while he's still playing. Uh, He's got a lot of stuff made about him already. Okay, but yeah. like I can't think of another like all the Michael Jordan died. Well, maybe yeah, I don't know, man. We'll we'll look into it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on about a lot of content around but him. But either uh, way, for him to have like a full enough career to um, have a documentary series made about him while he's yeah, still playing is incredible. Sure. The, one of my favorite stats is like uh, there's a couple guys, but Calvin Johnson I know for sure. Calvin Johnson came into the NFL yeah. while Tom Brady was playing, yeah. retired, and got inducted into the Hall of Fame, yeah. and Brady's still. Still yep. chasing another ring. Yeah. Uh, hey, Firat King in the chat uh, is asking about SPACs. We have a re- we have two recurring SPAC segments on this show every week, Monday and Friday. We were actually supposed to do a SPAC segment today because we had an, an interview lined up, but our, our interview had to cancel last minute, uh, so that fell through. But um, I wasn't here Monday. I don't know what happened there, but we do have two recurring every Monday – and every Friday at 11.30 on this show, uh, we have a recurring SPAC segment. So uh, I'm not ignoring SPACs. Uh, we had Chris on twice last week. Was it last week? Yeah, I don't know. Or the week before? I don't, I don't know. remember. Um, Wait, yeah, guys. Spencer was very, If you guys watched the show on Monday, Spencer was very worried that I, I, I was going to take it off the rails, that you know the show wasn't going to survive. So let Spencer know in the chat that we had a good time on Monday. Yeah. We missed him. It's better with him here, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I thought that we did a good job of, of keeping the show going without our, uh, well, you know, our leader. I, 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 th- I think you did well, Aaron. Oh, Patrick Sarsa and LeBron had a documentary in high school. All right. That's, Perhaps. All right. So I, I take right, back what I whatever, said. Whatever. Whatever. All right. Let's bring on here. Our first guest of the day is, is, is he's, he's here. He's backstage. Jason Les. He's the CEO of Riot Blockchain. Uh, this is our, uh, you know, we should, we, we should sit up straight. You know, this is like a, you know, real, not that our other guests aren't real, but this is like, you know. Let's go. Big time CEO, uh, Jason West. Let's get him on the show, AB. Where's our special guest intro? Do we still use that? Yep, I got Jason West, CEO of Riot Blockchain. How are we doing today? Very good. Thank you for having me, Spencer and Aaron. I love the intro. Thank you. We only reserve that for our like top of the line. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, excellent. Uh, first off, I hope you had a great holiday. 
a, a, a nice long weekend. Um, it's it's good that we have you on today because you guys actually had some news this morning. You announced an acquisition. Uh, you're buying uh, ESS Metron for $50 million in cash and stock. Tell us uh, about that deal. Yeah, um, I, I, I think a uh, simple way to describe this acquisition, it's just another step, step that we're taking to further vertically integrate our business. Um, Riot acquired Windstone earlier this year, which is 300 megawatts of capacity built, 400 megawatt uh, expansion going on right now. And a big part of building this Bitcoin mining infrastructure is the are, are the electrical components that go into it. You know, that's not necessarily as sexy as, as or exciting as the miners themselves. But when you're deploying the scale of miners that are being talked about in the market these days, there is so much critical electrical infrastructure that goes into that. The ESS Metron has been a key partner and supplier to Windstone over its history. So with this acquisition, we are taking further control of our supply chain, de-risking our expansion, and bringing on an incredible team with a lot of engineering talent that we think is going to drive future innovation uh, with what we do. We announced a couple months ago, uh, uh, we were deploying the first industrial scale immersion cooling deployment for Bitcoin mining, 200 megawatts, two buildings of that. And ESS Metron was a key partner in developing that. So, you know, as we expand further into immersion and keep working on that project, we wanted to bring the engineering talent in-house. So we couldn't be happier to have these guys uh, under the right umbrella now. I, I would disagree with your assessment that it's not as sexy. You know, oftentimes we talk about like the thing behind the thing. The thing behind the thing can be very sexy, even if it's not, you know, the Bitcoin miner, it's the, it's the supplier. So can, can you maybe give us a breakdown as, as far as just where your biggest expense, like obviously, you know, with regards to the rigs and all that, but where are your biggest expenses are, why, in, for, you know, that enable you to, to mine? Um, I, I, well, I, the, the primary expense is, is the electrical infrastructure when you're putting together sure. a building you know the um the, the the building itself is an expense isn't the biggest but when you look at what it takes to get let's say 100 megawatts up and running we have high voltage transformers we have medium voltage transformers low voltage switch gear we have medium voltage cables low voltage cables we have power distribution units all these things are the the primary components that go into making a bitcoin mining operation and then, of course, it's the team and the expertise that goes to putting that all together. So, um, you know, electrical components, definitely a very big part of making a mining operation happen. Now, I think we, we fundamentally believe is the more we are building things, the better that is going to position us to produce, mine, capture as much Bitcoin as possible. And at Spencer, I, you know, uh, to, to you and me, yeah, the electric component is exciting. You know, it just kind of um, to other people that are maybe newer to the industry, maybe newer to looking at Bitcoin mining, um, might not be as clear everything that goes into it besides the miners, because the miners get the most attention. And we uh, we do a lot of communication efforts to highlight what goes into building Bitcoin mining operation. For those who don't know, the Winston CEO, Chad Harris, is on Twitter every single day uploading pictures and videos of the build that we have going on at that site. So we hope through that and through this uh, acquisition and highlighting what we're doing here, people start to see more of what's really going on in the nuts and bolts of Bitcoin mining. So Jason, when this whole crackdown in China happened a few months ago where they said, we don't want any more mining in China, a lot of companies uh, were looking in the US for, for different regions to uh, bring their mining to. So. 
you know, I, we, we've heard about upstate New York, maybe Maine as a potential place. How, how did you end up uh, picking Texas? So we have been looking at Texas for a while, and there's a number of reasons that go into that. Um, you know, first, from a um, regulatory standpoint, I don't think you can ask for a better state than Texas. There's a bunch of states that are becoming very uh, bullish and supportive of Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining right now. Uh, Wyoming certainly comes to mind. But Texas, uh, they understand Bitcoin mining. The politicians there, lawmakers, they get it. You know, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to meet with Governor Abbott a few weeks ago. And, you know, he, he has made public statements. They want Texas to be a Bitcoin mecca. They think they want Texas to be the Bitcoin mining capital of the world. So when you, when you look at regulatory risk being one of the key risk areas in the space and wanting to mitigate something like what happened in China ever happening to your operations, you want to go to a very regulatory friendly environment, not only from a Bitcoin uh, perspective, but also just from a business perspective. Texas is a very business friendly state. So that's kind of the qualitative side of it. But then, you know, also important is the energy costs for Bitcoin mining. That is our number one input. And Texas has very low energy rates and they have an abundance of, of capacity as a result of having the deregulated energy market known as ERCOT that drives energy there in Texas. Um, right. So, yeah. so Texas has a, a long history uh, of, you know, just energy in general. What, what was the bill? I know Abbott, uh, Governor Abbott passed a bill regarding uh, cryptocurrency. Um, do you know what that was? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't believe that pertains specifically to Bitcoin mining. I, I think that was a bill relating to uh, you know the, the acceptance of Bitcoin for for different businesses, but wasn't specifically focused on Bitcoin mining. But it, yeah, but that, it was um, kind of showed that hey, look, we're, we're trying to be a forefront leader as a state in this field. So um, yeah, and then c can we talk a little bit more about just what expansions ha have you guys been working on in the uh, Winestone? Uh, or Winstone facility? Winstone, yeah. So we acquired Winstone. We closed that acquisition back in May. And at that time, Winstone had 300 megawatts of Bitcoin mining infrastructure built. And with that, it made Winstone the single largest Bitcoin uh, mining facility in North America. So the single largest, as, as measured by that developed uh, power capacity. In one specific location, that was the largest site. As soon as we closed that acquisition, we announced an expansion plan to add 400 megawatts of Bitcoin mining infrastructure. So over doubling the size of that site. And we started that right away. Uh, the first building from that expansion started coming online actually just over the past couple weeks. We expect that expansion will be completed. Um, the entire expansion project, which includes a total of four buildings, will be completed over the next two quarters. Um, so a very rapid development uh, time. One of the key things we got with the Winstone acquisition is the extremely talented development and execution team there. There's very few people in this industry that have experienced building Bitcoin mining infrastructure, especially at that scale. And I think that's demonstrated through the speed at which they've been able to drive this expansion, which thus supports the deployment of all the miners that we've uh, ordered from Bitmain entering into purchase agreements over the past 12 months. Uh, notable question here from our chat, uh, Jason. As we all learned earlier this year, Texas has a rather unique electrical infrastructure. Um, I, I guess you know. I, I I believe you when you say that you are you're told that te that you know Governor Abbott wants Texas to be the, the mining capital uh, of of the world. But uh, has 
has what happened earlier in the year, you know, did that cause you any, 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 or give you any cause for concern? No. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. So like we touched on, ERCOT is uh, the energy grid for Texas or 90% of Texas is a deregulated energy market. So energy is being bought and sold in an open market there all the time. Additionally, Texas has a lot of renewable generation. It is the biggest state for wind uh, generation in the United States. And there is an abundance of solar being constructed there. So what that results in is intermittent supplies of power. Power is not always being produced exactly when it's demanded. It's being produced when the environment is generating it. So loads like Bitcoin miners are a huge asset to the ERCOT grid because we will come in and buy that energy no matter the time of day. And more importantly, we have the flexibility to shut down when the demand for energy is very high. That's exactly what happened in Texas earlier this year in the winter storm. Uh, we did not own Windstone at that time, but Windstone stopped operating in that uh, emergency environment and through the power that they had secured through a long-term low-cost power purchase agreement, they were giving that power back to the grid. Got it. Um, so, Jason, for some of our audience that may not know too much about crypto, I, I want to talk about hash rate, right? Spencer's here is talking to me about hash rate all the time, all day. Um, but I don't know if I understand it completely. Why? What is hash rate and why is it so important for your company? Sure. So Bitcoin mining is basically miners globally competing to find the target output to an equation, an algorithm. And it's just pure guessing to do that. There's not necessarily like an ideal technique. Miners are putting random numbers uh, into an algorithm over and over again until they get that correct output. So the more guesses you're doing, the higher your expectation is for finding that right answer, finding the Bitcoin block, and then getting the block reward for doing so. And that's what a hash is. A hash is one guess. You are doing, getting a hash of that algorithm per second. So right now, uh, the Bitcoin mining network has a total of approximately, it's been very volatile lately, 150 exahash. Uh, that is a number, I'm not even sure how to put that number into English, how many jillions, billions, whatever that is, uh, guess is going on per second. And every miner is trying to through the, increase the number of guesses they have by accumulating and deploying more and more hash rate. Uh, something I always like to ask Jason whenever I talk to like a, a Bitcoin miner is aside from hash rate, how else do you, what, what is important to you in terms, like what metrics are important to you? when looking at you know, a Bitcoin miner and trying to understand the good from the bad? Um, well, besides hash rate, the cost of production is very important. Um, I don't, you know, right now we're in a very strong market for Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining. And the focus is really often all about scale. And of course, we're part of that game. We have industry leading you know, power capacity and hash rate deployed and hash rate on order. We are definitely all about scale. But when the margins are so big like they are right now, there tends to be less focus on that cost of production because it doesn't seem as meaningful. The, the, the difference in margin from, you know, let's just say three cents a kilowatt hour all in cost and five cents a kilowatt hour all in production doesn't look all that different right now. But it starts to matter a ton during less desirable market situations. Uh, Riot has operated uh, in Bitcoin mining for about four years now. We've lived through different market cycles and we understand what happens during bear markets when the price of Bitcoin goes down 
and your competition in Bitcoin mining is also going up. That really compresses margins at that time. And having the low cost of production allows you to remain profitable during those times. So your business sustains and you are able to continue your expansion. So that cost of production is very key. And then the other very important thing I think I'll add is the team that you have. I know Bitcoin mining looks like, you know, just a bunch of computers, miners stacked all over the place, powered on, and that's what's driving, you know, your, your production. But having a team that is capable of deploying that at scale, executing on growth plans and maintaining that uh, is, is very, very important. And this is, like I said, this is a new industry. Um, there is not decades of talent in the space. Talent is very competitive. So having a team that's experienced and know how to do this, I think is very, very important. More, There's more to this than just buying miners from Bitmain. Here's a good question from Dustin Ross in our chat. Would you ever consider a Bitcoin dividend? I, you know, I don't know about the legal implications of that. You know, I, that's, yeah, that's an interesting one. If, if you give a dividend, all the shareholders have to be able to receive it. Right. So right. Um, I don't know if the mechanics are there yet to receive a Bitcoin dividend. But I mean, this industry is evolving on a regu regulatory front um, in so many different ways. Um, who knows what the you know the future holds? What what type of regulatory guidance that might come in that area? Yeah. Are there any plans, Jason, to expand beyond uh, mining just Bitcoin? We are a pure Bitcoin company. That's Riot defines itself as a Bitcoin company. Uh, we believe in the long-term value proposition of Bitcoin. We believe in the implications it has as an alternative store of value and as a tool uh, bringing freedom uh, around the world. And that's the future that we're trying to support. So we are. But it's cer it certainly had to come up in, you know, executive meetings before. Like, what about Ethereum? You know, like, you just not interested in it? I think we made the decision to be focused specifically on Bitcoin, I think, a long time ago. And that's been a key part of what drives our growth and what drives um, I think our culture and the passion amongst our team, it's not just about, you know, finding whatever coin might have the highest margins at that moment. It's about, you know, what are we doing? What is the reason for all this building and all this growth? And as miners, that is, we are driving the Bitcoin blockchain forward. We are providing security to the Bitcoin network, and we are helping foster the properties that make Bitcoin valuable. So our team is behind that. And I think that's why we'll, we'll remain focused on specifically Bitcoin. Got it. Well, Jason, we, we have some great questions in the chat, but we are running out of time. Um, Spencer, do you have a final question? Yeah, let's do real real fast. As we go in here from the chat from Happy, just re referring to the fact that Bitcoin has every four years. How do you maintain that hash the the same efficiency on you know on your hash rate when 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 the uh, happening when the having occurs every four years? Yeah. So every every four years, the block reward for Bitcoin mining gets cut in half, and that's a key part of Bitcoin. Um, minor revenue that bitcoin that you get for finding that block through the race we were talking about earlier and while that bitcoin reward has gone in half the price of bitcoin has gone up appreciably over the life of bitcoin um while not a guarantee for the future historically every halving has kind of been followed by a pretty meaningful increase in bitcoin price uh, in the following 12 18 months and that's why bitcoin mining revenues are higher now than they ever have been, even though there have been uh, three halvings for, for Bitcoin so far. 
Um, another thing that plays into Bitcoin miners revenue is transaction fees. Uh, historically, transaction fees have been pretty small, but over recent years, as Bitcoin has grown in adoption, that's become a more meaningful part of Bitcoin miner revenue. And groups like BitUda, um, if anyone's interested in the Bitcoin mining space, certainly recommend you check out BitUda's research as an independent party that covers this. And they are forecasting pretty meaningful increase in transaction fee revenue for Bitcoin miners over the next 10 years. So while that block reward does get cut in half, uh, there is an expectation that transaction fees will continue to increase. And uh, we are you know, believers in the long-term uh, value of Bitcoin. So we hope to see the, the price of Bitcoin increase over that time as well. All right, Jason Les is the CEO of Riot Blockchain. Jason, we appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot for coming on Benzing Alive. Have a good day. Thank you, Jason. My we got to get you back on anytime uh, you know you got some more news. All right. Yeah, Have absolutely. Going. Thank you, guys. All righty. Um, hey, we're running behind. What else is new? Uh, our next guest is here uh, <laughs> backstage. Larry Jasinski is the, uh, the CEO of Rewalk Robotics. Uh, let, let's, get, let's get Larry on the show. Do we, do we have our, our, our other special guest intro? <laughs> Oh, I did the same one. I apologize. Larry, what's up, man? How's it going? So, Larry, what do you think about Bitcoin? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I think they should be invested in robotics. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, you know, there's probably a parallel somewhere. Anyway, Larry Jasinski, uh, CEO of Rewalk Robotics, ticker R, uh, yeah, RWLK, if that's right. Um, Larry, tell us about Rewalk, uh, and then I, I got some questions. You, you, you've got a pretty interesting background and a pretty interesting story, but tell us about the company first. First, you know, the company, uh, the mission of this company is an interaction between a machine and a human body to be able to take someone who's disabled and allow them to walk again. And the vision of this is probably, you know, one of the fascinating parts of why this works so well. Uh, there was a, an inventor by the name of Dr. Amit Gopher, who uh, unfortunately, just like can happen to any one of us, became paralyzed in, a, in an accident out in everyday life. And his development of the product was really on a personal need for what he saw and what he needed to regain a lot of things that he had lost. And, you know, if you think about wheelchairs, they've been around 2000 years and there hasn't been a lot of change, but once you can walk around and stand, it changes inclusion in, in social situations. It changes your health situation because uh, many functions of your body improve once you're walking again, bowel and bladder and other things among them, it reduces the number of meds you have to take. So there's a lot of really good effects that come out of using these type of devices. Uh, now, for this product in particular, now we're, we're the leading manufacturer of these in the world. We've got uh, uh, two products that are uh, actively on the market. The Rewalk Exoskeleton was approved in 2014 by the FDA and has been working through really building data. And the Restore device, which you showed in the picture a moment ago, is for stroke patients who want to regain that ability to walk with a normal gait pattern. So those are the fundamental things, and there's several future things that we have that I can answer along the way. Yeah, I, I just, it's interesting because you, it's not as if you have been at this for, you know, five years or something. You, you've been at this, I think, like the bulk of your career you've spent in some respects in this kind of technology, right? Well, I've worked in medical devices my entire career for more than 30 years. This specific technology, I was drawn to it because of the magnitude of impact it has and the mission that it had. I've been at this one for about 10 years. And okay. uh, it, it was from concept through getting to these final stages of getting this thing paid for so people can really get access to it. Well, yeah, th th that's that's the other question, right? Is like 
paying for this. First off, like the sheer amount of money it takes to develop and in, invent and, and manufacture these devices. And then, of course, the, the other side is, is getting it actually, you know, uh, into uh, getting it for patients, you know, in an affordable way. So uh, maybe can you speak a little bit about just like the state of like how much money has this like, cost and like wh where are you on that front? Sure. Well, uh, the rewalk device for the paralyzed community, uh, the price varies a little between the VA and some other groups, but it's in the $100,000 range. But it's a product that lasts, think about it like a car. It will work for five or more years. Uh, the more you use it, maybe a little less. Uh, you use it less than that, maybe a little longer. Uh, but the key to this is recognizing the value to the individual. And the science and data we built between randomized trials and other papers uh, supports this product tremendously for both the quality of life and the health impact that it has in them. Uh, and the real challenge has been not so much this incredible breakthrough in allowing people to walk again, it's getting the paying system to completely support this. And, and that's changed a lot. That's been the big activity over the last five years and where we've had the real progress in the last two years. Yeah, that was going to be my question, right, is how do we make it to be affordable for people? I guess well, that's not, I don't know. I, th I think I treat it like a car. You know, you can't, you'd like to have a car for $1,000, but in the end, most cars cost a lot more than that when you want one that works really well and, and lasts and is durable. And this is also a measure of safety is usually important that you have a device that is robust. And if you're crossing a city street, you have no doubt it's going to go all the way across that city street and uh, and work perfectly. Uh, so those elements are important. I, I think the real element is here looking at the value of being able to walk again and looking at the economic impact and the effectiveness of walking again. Uh, the price for that is actually very much in the line of what you'd see for high, higher end wheelchairs or what you may see in some uh, types of robotic legs for people that have lost limbs. So Larry, do you think the, these robotic uh, exoskeletons will essentially replace prosthetic limbs as we know them, or, or will there be kind of a, a you know, space for both? Well, uh, a bit of a space for both. Now, a prosthetic limb is someone who's lost a limb, and we do have people who are both paralyzed and lost limbs that can walk in these devices, but they're, they're actually two different segments. Uh, the, generally, this is for a, uh, the primary product is for spinal cord injury. So this is someone who's lost the ability to walk again, uh, and this allows them to use it in most activities of daily life, whether they're cooking in the kitchen, whether it's social situations, whether they want to go out for a walk with their family, whether they're working, uh, all those activities are still there. Uh, will it completely replace the wheelchair? Uh, not in the short term. The wheelchair has times when it's easier and more appropriate to use. Uh, but long term, uh, as these devices become more easily adopted, uh, who knows what the possibilities are? Uh, because uh, we see people running uh, marathons in these things, which is not what we designed it for. But we had a lady finish the New York City Marathon the last year before COVID. And we've had about 50 running events done in it. So that's got to be some good press for y'all. <laughs> It was, uh, but I you know, so. the person who completed that marathon, uh, it was force of will. We just gave her a device that uh, this is a really a human machine interface. Her willpower is the reason that machine and her went across the uh, the finish line. Can, can you talk a little bit of just about your production capabilities and how many of these things you actually make or, or sell in a given year? Yeah. Well, right now we're selling in the hundreds overall. Uh, most years it's it's under 100 right now because we're awaiting the reimbursement side. Our ability to produce is uh, quite strong. Uh, we believe we'll be in good shape as coverage comes. 
Uh, we manufacture with a third party that is a large medical device manufacturer that works for uh, any of the larger companies uh, of the world, uh, a group called Semina. So our ability to scale up and manufacture a high quality product is excellent. Uh, the real focus for 2000, the last few years, and particularly as we look forward, is getting uh, the uh, coverage completed in both Germany and the United States. And where are you on that front? That was my, sort of my next question, is how does this fit into like the FDA framework? Well, on the FDA side, we have all the clearances. The products are safe yeah. and approved. Uh, uh, CMS and private insurers, and also I'm going to look to Germany and, and, and comment on that a little. But I think there's a quote I would use. Markets spring into action when economic after, uh, actors shift the resources. Well, that's finally underway. Um, and I'll start with Germany and then come to the United States. The German government created a code for this a few years ago. Uh, and now we have both private insurers and workman's comp groups uh, almost universally covering it in Germany. There's a current court case uh, that will be decided in the coming weeks or months, a uh, very short cycle, that's going to make a determination whether this is a direct compensation for disability or an indirect. A direct one would generally mean that anybody who medically meets the qualifications for this uh, should be a candidate to get a product and would get it covered by their insurance system. So the, that progress in Germany is leading the world. They take care of that particular community better than any other nation. Now, I'll switch to the United States. Uh, the VA was the first group to really endorse this strongly. They did a fabulous job in research based on the James J. Peters VA in the Bronx, New York. Uh, and then there's a large scale 160 patient randomized study that was put on across the VA. And the VA established a coverage policy. If you're a veteran in the U.S., you can get an exoskeleton today. And it's paid for fully, uh, and you get the benefits. Now, I was just, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. During the period of the study, they weren't highly active in providing these, uh, but the study was a four-year study. It is now completed, and those centers, I believe, will be, become more active as we get past COVID, which has been the other limiter, as many of those centers uh, uh, were not open uh, for training and use of these devices over the past couple of years. I was just smiling because you said the the VA did a great job, which is not something uh, you hear a lot. I can say that my mom worked at the VA. And, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, where did that come from? <laughs> uh, but but uh, is there, you know, it, it, it ties into my follow-up question. Just is there any talk for more like expanded contracts from the the um, Department of Defense or Veterans Affairs, anything like that? Well, what the VA needs to do is make it more accessible. Now that they've created the policy and they've done a very good job with the establishment of uh, data through the clinical trial. Um, for many of the patients, there's not that many centers they can go and get this. There's a program they have called the Choice Program, for example, which they've used a little bit, and we actually see them actively doing a patient in there right now as we're getting to the other side of COVID, where you could train right near where you live, as opposed to having to go into one of these uh, smaller number of designated centers. So we're working with the VA, uh, but uh, from a research end, they, they chose to lead the world here on, uh, on pure research and understanding of the value of this to their veterans and uh, have, have done a good job. On the second half of this, getting it to the veterans, all of the ones who want it, uh, you know, that's something we're really working with them now to try to improve. Got it. Yeah, we're, and we're, again, we're on with uh, Larry Jasinski. He's the CEO of Rewalk Robotics, ticker RWLK. Larry, explain exactly again, like, how these work. So if, like, if I want, if I needed this, uh, you know, needed uh, the exoskeleton, um, do, is it, you know, I, I, I wear it, I put it on when I want to, stand up and then does it need to be charged or is i mean how exactly does it work yeah i'll, I'll describe it in really broad yeah. detail 
first, uh, it is a suit that you, you get out of your wheelchair, you lift yourself up and set yourself down into it, and you're sitting with it on the essentially outside of your legs. You saw it in one of the pictures. Uh, it works at six joints. There's something that lifts the ankles, the knees, and the hips. And around the back, there's a waste pack, which has the batteries and the computer. Okay. When a person wants to walk, as simply as I'm sitting in this chair, they will use a little wrist controller and say, I want to stand up. Nothing happens until they move. There's a tilt sensor that basically tells them to go for, uh, stand up. When they want to walk, the same thing. They'll set it on walking. And when they want to walk, they'll move their upper body or some part of their body enough the device will walk and stop when they tell it to. So it's a human machine interface. In order to get one of these, uh, really they're important medical criteria, bone density uh, and overall general health uh, of, of uh, your body to be able to make sure you can use it safely. And then there's a training cycle and the training cycle runs uh, anywhere from 15 to 30 sessions uh, uh, for a person to learn to use this safely. You gotta think of, you have to deal with uh, anything from curb cutouts to getting on elevators to carpet, grass, dirt. Uh, so you have to be ready for any kind of situation. So there's a good training component, uh, but that's the path for makes most sense. computers. Yeah, it makes sense. And then, you know, just the last point I have here, um, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, I, as the as the CEO, you, you can't ignore as much as you probably would like to uh, your stock price. Um, what is just your your take, your interpretation on on just the performance of that, and and if you have any any explanation as to why you think it, it, it's gone down the way it has this year. Well, the the stock price of the company I think is very much tied to what our next set of results are going to be. I'm not sure the group's looking as far forward as they should, on, on particularly with our recent results. Um, but you know, what should investors really be looking at? Uh, there's still a very large unmet need, not only for the spinal cord injury product, but also for our stroke products which we haven't talked a lot about, and they are very unique as soft exoskeleton suits that can affect a much larger community. But the technology itself, we've got some additional new devices that will come out in the rewalk uh, in 2022. We have a product called the Reboot, which I'd characterize as uh, what it sounds, Reboot. You literally can put it on with one hand, push a button, it will go on and will help a stroke patient uh, progress in their walking and get better. Uh, and that has a breakthrough designation with the FDA we received here in September, so that will come to market. But then look at where we've gone financially. Uh, for the nine months entering September 30th, uh, stock our, our sales are up 49%. We have 84 pending cases, and it, it, the price point roughly of $100,000. Our quarterly losses are down to about 2.7 in Q3. Our margins are up to 58%. We ended the year with $91.2 million in cash. And our cash use in 2020 was about 12 and a half million. It will be less in 2021. We've got a team in place to execute when we gain some of these insurance decisions. And we're also looking at external. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill possibilities with the cash that we have. So we're in a, in a particularly good position compared to anywhere we've been. And we think the market will react as a few of the big milestones, the German court case. Some activity with CMS is public as opposed to you know, the internal discussions we're having. And they see some people in the Medicare population and others being able to use these at home. Those milestones, we believe, will uh, uh, affect the stock price going forward.
A uh, couple of good questions here from our chat, Larry, just to, about, about like what other associations do you have with other medical programs? Uh, you know, it's uh, a question about Medicaid, you know, Medicare as well. Um, what, can you speak a little bit of, about that? Well, the most important component with Medicare Medicaid was uh, we applied for and successfully got a new code established for the product uh, category exoskeleton. So one of the challenges of being the first and leader of an industry is you you have to create things. So there is a K1007, it's a code, HICSPIC code for payment for exoskeletons. Now that is the first step in a, the pathway of getting these things covered. So uh, we are now interacting with CMS to work through the system to establish pricing and coding. And the reason CMS is so important at about the five-year point, 56% of all people that have spinal cord injuries wind up in the Medicare Medicaid system. Yeah. Uh, it's a large uh, uh, group. And secondarily, the private payers pay attention. What Medicare is covering, they will typically also look at very closely. So that step of getting a code created was very, very important, both from the vision of what CMS had to create a code specifically for this, and for the level of interaction that we've been having with them uh, that we'll be able to show more publicly as, as things develop. Um, what about joint ventures? Are there any that you have or is that is it on the table? Uh, most of our work has been on the development side. We have a partnership with Harvard University where the soft suits, which are the wearable suits that you can wear on one leg, one foot, one appendage. Uh, so that that is a very important development tool for us. The reboot technology I referenced a moment ago uh, came out of the Harvard labs. So on the development side, we've done those. Relative to other things, you know, we are in a very good cash position. We have a good distribution and reimbursement system structure in place. So we could uh, and will consider some other things we could do to broaden our portfolio and to get the profitability at an earlier stage. Uh, Larry Jasinski is the CEO of Rewalk Robotics. Um, uh, Larry, I, I, you know, I say this as someone whose sister uses a wheelchair, but I'm rooting very, very hard for you uh, and your company. And thank you uh, for dedicating your career to this. Um, and I, I, I genuinely, I, I don't say this about companies because, frankly, I don't really. Usually, I frankly don't really care, you know, one or the other. But like in this case, I, you know, I, I am rooting for you, uh, seriously, genuinely, and uh, I, I, I wish you the best in your development of. Uh, well, you've already got them, uh, just you know, the development and the the, the production uh, of these suits, uh, and 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 thank you, I guess, and uh, I guess, um, you know, I, I hope more people can can get them in their hands. Well, stay tuned to the developments this year. If, if the German government stays on path and, yeah. and we make progress to CMS, those people that really want to walk again are going to have an option. And on the stroke side, you're going to see a new product that progresses that could really help a lot of people regain a better form of walking and increase their speed and distance. Uh, that's what the mission started with this company, uh, where Dr. Gopher really hoped we would land. And it's exactly where we're going. And I, I think the investment community will see that with the uh, successes uh, we expect in 2022. Awesome. Larry, thanks a lot for coming on Benzing Alive today. Thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate your time. All right. Have a great rest of your day. That was a feel-good interview. I, I feel better about the future of society. Yeah, I mean, after I, that one, a, a lot of times we get companies on that maybe they're just trying to make a buck. You know, it, yeah. it's it's nice yeah. to get a company on that's attacking a real problem out there. I wanted to ask, but I refrained myself from um, because what <laughs> oh, they're gosh. doing is uncertainly cool. 
but but you know not necessarily like really fun i, I was thinking more on the fun side like <laughs> will i be able to one day put on an exoskeleton that will allow me to dunk a basketball you're, you're talking like iron man 2 yeah. right where he's got the, the the bad guy had like oh no that wasn't iron man 2 no I, like Iron Man. You're talking about like Iron Man, basically. Basically, but yeah. I, don't, I don't need to fly and, and like shoot people. I just want to be able to dunk a basketball. Um, I mean, they, they have shoes for that. I, they're called PF Flyers. Really? Yeah. You okay. should you, you should look into that. I'll look into those. All right. Uh, it's 12.51. We're going to have our next guest on in a few minutes. Jessica Kaler. We're going to talk some tuck trading. In the meantime, in the meantime, yeah, see, Born to be Free says he never thought he would live to see something like that, and I'm still young. That's exactly right, man. Not every company is, you know, out to save the world or change the world, but this one is, you know. So, you know, the stock obviously has been 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 uh, a downer, um, but you know, we can't speak to, to to that or or the future of the company or the future of the stock, you know. Um, but you know, we generally, you know, it's something to be said for for actually. Doing something to move society forward and to help people, and that's what Rewalk is doing. So, props to them for that. So, uh, let's do a name that chart segment, Aaron. Let's do it. What, 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 what say you about that? I say let's do it. Okay. We um, haven't given out any swag in a few days, so it is time. Now is your chance to win some free Benzinga swag. All right, so I, I don't know if Alyssa Cole is still in the chat, but... We are working on something very exciting, Spencer. Do you know you want to know what that is? I'll give you a tease. Yeah, you can definitely tell me what that is while I get rid of the, all the symbol indicators so that we, we don't have them up on the screen. Yes, tell me. We are working on our very own Benzinga Christmas sweaters. What? Holiday sweaters. Christmas holiday. Um, and then if you're, your next question is, are they going to be good looking? The answer is no. No, they're going to be ugly. I like it. They're going to be ugly sweaters and also maybe a beanie or two just for me. I need to, my ears get really cold in the winter and I need to have a little beanie, but I want one that says Benzinga on it. All right. I'm trying to get this uh, chart to zoom in so you can see. I think I got it. Okay. All right. This is a, I think I have our chart here and I, I, I think I get the zooming right, right? So I don't have anything that gives it away on the screen. Tiny pie. Come on, man. There's supply chain issues out there. Tiny Pie, listen. As Aaron just said, there are supply chain issues in the world. Okay? I can't get, you know, my store can't even get milk. I think we have higher priorities than your shirt. No, your shirt's coming. Anything that we send you guys, we, we, we're we up to date, right, on all of our shipments? I got to like, send a few. I, I, uh, all right, I'll take that back. Uh, Tiny Pie here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message you Shelly, right Shelly, your, your, your shirt's on the way. I don't know if you've gotten it yet. Um, we sent out a shipment before Thanksgiving, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. I so. actually one. I, I uh, sent a buddy a, a piece of swag, and it it actually went pretty quickly. I don't. I, maybe he lived near one of the shipment centers. I don't really know. I don't know. Uh, I, I all I know is I made an Amazon purchase uh, on Monday, and they said I'll be getting it tomorrow, which is cool. But okay. Um, chart of the day. Let's bring it up on the screen right now. Speaking of um, inflation or supply chain problems, this is, as you can see, I got rid of the y-axis. I can bring it up. I can bring it up. Have no fear. Have no fear. Uh, we'll just leave it up with no y-axis for the moment. Um, but this is a 
consumer products company here. Consumer products company uh, theoretically would be affected by both inflation and supply chain problems. Um, not necessarily in a bad way. Here is your y-axis. There we go. 147.58 was your last Ooh. trade in this stock. It is not Target, Matty Ice. It is not Walmart and Cal. You are not in. You're not that far off. Um, Shelly is not in, in your warehouse yet. Shelly, all I can say is it's on the way. Name this ticker. First person name the ticker gets some free swag. Apple is a, a good guess, but no, no. Um, stop guessing Walmart, people. It's not Walmart. Uh, Nordstrom, mm, you're not quite. It, it, it's consumer products, right? It's oh, 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 shoot. We do have a winner. Okay, you AP. know what? You know what? Tie. That was a tie. Tie goes to the person who didn't already win. So, Shelly, you won this like two weeks ago. Tie goes not to you. Tie goes to AP. Stands for Advanced Placement. AP guessed Procter and Gamble, and you are correct, AP. Shout out to you. Clap, everyone claps around for, for AP for getting that one right first, or at least tied with Shelly. Shelly, you literally won this like two weeks ago. Okay. Also, I'm not convinced you're not cheating. But how would she be? I don't know. Is there a way to cheat? I don't know how you cheat. How, yeah. This is a daily chart in Procter and Gamble. Congratulations, AP. AP, whomever you are, shoot us an email. We'll put it up on the screen. Shows at Benzinga. Where's the email? There it is. Shows at Benzinga.com. Email us. And eventually, you will get some free swag. I can't promise when. You know, supply chain's all screwy. Uh, hopefully before the end of the year. That would be ideal, right? Um, we do send shipments out, what, like once a week? Yeah. Like every other week? Yep. Right? So uh, AP, A space P, send us that email. Yeah, Shelly, you get a nice high five from the Benzinga team. <laughs> Boom. Nice one. Nice one. Shelly, Shelly and AP were tied. Tie goes to the, the person who didn't win uh, last time we did this. So uh, congrats, everyone. Uh, thanks for playing. We're going to do that uh, segment once a week going forward on Wednesdays in that chart. Speaking of recurring segments, um, we're trying to fill the show up with recurring segments. So tomorrow on the show, we're doing trivia, uh, but we are looking for we're trying to brainstorm a theme. If you have an idea for a theme for tomorrow's trivia, drop the idea in chat. Last week was Thanksgiving. The week before, I think, was Tesla? I think. No, 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 no. I think no, it was no, Tesla. Nope. It wasn't? Okay. Nope. Tesla was two times ago. Okay. Um, Drop your ideas for tomorrow's trivia theme in the chat, and uh, maybe we'll just copy, use your idea, because we don't have a theme yet. The last theme was Thanksgiving theme. Yeah, no, the one before that. Was Tesla. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said the last one was Tesla. Tiny Pie says the die. Okay, maybe we should specify. Like, markets or businessy related, usually. Usually. Um... Um, diehard movies, crypto trivia, Disney. Let's take a look at Disney. I'm, stock I, I'm a, I'm a Disney encyclopedia. 
I know a lot of Disney trivia. Wow, Disney's all the way down to 145. Dude, dude Aaron, don't even get me here. It's Pulp Chart. Don't even get I me did not know it. I did not realize it got that low. Dude, I know. It um, looks like it's got some ways to go, too. So, like, D- Disney, oh, this has pissed me off because, like, Sometimes I would almost rather here. Let's get a watermark back up. Let's get my fix my trust. Sometimes I would almost rather my stock not go bananas, not go to the moon, because what happens when the when the moon the 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 oh that's the a good idea, Christian Gallagher. We'll do Ford or or Detroit Motor trivia. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. It, um, I, I will not do well on it. I don't know. Me neither. But hold on. So okay. So Disney was priced for Disney Plus, right? Disney Plus was the only thing that Wall Street cared about basically all of last year. That doesn't really, I mean, and when I say all of last year, I mean after COVID hit, obviously. Um, and that doesn't really make any sense to me, right? Disney Plus is obviously a growing part of the business, um, but it's still a smart part of the business. Now that the market has decided that Disney Plus well, not, the market hasn't started that, but Disney Plus growth is slowing, at least compared to last year. Duh. It's a streaming platform. What else do you expect? People aren't stuck home anymore. Um, the market's like, oh, you know, we're, we're over you. We're, you. You have nothing. You have nothing for us. If you have Disney Plus, if you don't have Disney Plus, you have nothing. No, that's not true. These guys are the kings of content. They have so much more stuff. They have parks, experiences, resorts, cruises. Not to mention the, all the movies, right? All the IP they own. It's not just a Disney, but Wall Street only cares about Disney Plus for some reason. I don't get it. I'm a little bit annoyed. You know, I'm I I'm long from. I don't, I don't even know where my cost base is. I've bought this thing like three times, so I have no idea my true cost base is on the stock. Um, probably somewhere around a hundred and twenty, thirty. I, I I have no clue. Um, but. I'm pissed off. You know, this is in my never sell portfolio, so I, I don't look at it, but I'm still pissed off here because, like, I wish the market would understand that there's more to Disney than just Disney Plus, but that's what they've hung their hat on. And I guess the stock will go how Disney Plus goes for now until they have a new sexy thing like the metaverse. Yeah. I mean, look, don't, don't, uh, you know, if the metaverse takes off and it's here, the next big thing, we look, can't expect look, Disney to miss out look, on it. Look at that comment. I love that comment. Plant the cyclist. As long as we still have babies and children, there will be a need for Disney. Disney. Boom. It's a demographics play. It is a demographics play. It's a play on young kids. You know, it's a play on newborns needing iPads to occupy their time. It's a play on young families. That's what this is. I love it. I've not thought about it like that before, but I definitely dig it. Cyclist. Um, okay. Uh, number 47. How can a new day trader optimize money that is not being currently used in the trades? That is a good question. Like if you have cash that you're not using in your account. Cash is a position. The cash is a position. But you're not optimizing. Cash is an investment. Cash, in, cash is an investment. Right now, cash is losing money for you. Because we're in an inflationary environment, but cash is an investment um, in cash, right? In nothing. Um, it's a good question, though. I'm sure we all have our own opinions. Uh, I, I bet you our next guest has thoughts on that question. Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading. Let's bring him on the show. We'll hang on for a few minutes. Jesse, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? 
How was your uh, Thanksgiving? It was good. It was busy. I was uh, hosting for half the day and then got to enjoy some food, uh, you know, the other half with uh, the rest of my family. But nice. It was a uh, it was good. It was busy. Exciting stuff, you know. Nice. Nice. Did, did, did you take football. did you take Friday off by chance? I did. I took Thursday, uh, obviously, off and then Friday. Barely right. did anything on even Wednesday um, after we talked. I mean, I just kind of nice. took the, a long weekend and um, came back to, obviously, some exciting uh, trades. I did I did participate a little bit Friday because, you know, I got – it was like the theme was um, Black Friday sale on stocks. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. there was a good time you could to say buy that, that dip. and. Yeah, I I did join in on that Apple trade, which everyone's talked about all day long, and I had a little fun there, just really fast. Honestly, I didn't hold it long enough, and then um, played some some odd trades, you know, some things that were out there that I just saw on the oversold um, scanners and things of that nature. I'm actually going to pull one of them up here as soon as I can. I was having a hard time getting set up. I uh, had some technical issues when I first started, but I think we're good to go now. So not DraftKings. Draft, it's not DraftKings. No. Oh, okay, I was gonna say. Um, sorry, I am. Um, I couldn't remember. A E R C. A E R C. That that was a high flyer the other week, wasn't it? Yeah. So no. this thing went like okay. all. Yeah, it, it went like all the way to like a hundred dollars or something. Let me see here. And then I, I saw that it was down like ninety eight percent. And. Great. To me, I'm like, you know, anytime you see a stock go down 98%, that's to me just extremely oversold. So I was like, there's got to be some type of bounce. And when I saw it, it was at like 19. Um, and then it went all the way down to 15. And I was just buying it all the way down to 15. And then it just popped all the way back up to 22s. Um, and I got out. But it was just a, a crazy, crazy trading stock. If you see this, it just came all the way down. Yeah, and it just flew back. I, that was that bounce, and I was just. But 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 how way. how did you how did you know that? I guess was going to happen. So, just experience, I guess, of trading that you. you I could have been wrong. I mean, it could have continued to go yeah. down. But I went in slowly. I I just was as it was coming here. I waited for the first green candle, and when I got when I saw that they was starting to find some type of bottom, I started buying in this area right here as it was coming down and coming down and coming down. And then and when it popped, I sold right in this area here. So um, it was like 2250, I believe. So to me, it was just more of, I took a gamble on a stock that was, I mean, I had, in my mind, I had 2% to lose. Yeah. If the stock. Ah, I love that. I love that. You know what you're willing to lose before you, before you go in. Yeah. I mean, always, I'm always looking for what I'm willing to lose. And on this one, it could have been, a lot, but at the same time, there was so much reward hanging above the risk that it just made sense to get in and at least try on this one. Just cause I, you don't see a lot of stocks get hammered that bad, that fast, oh, yeah. 98%. And then I think it settled at like a 75% loss for the day. So, you know, there was 20% an opportunity on a hundred dollar stock. And nice. Okay. Time, but all right. Good play, man. Good it play. Was it was fun. Uh, Lost what else a we got? bit on um, AMD. Mm. I was I Yes, just mis- yesterday. Just mistraded it. Yeah, yeah. Between yesterday and today, just mistraded and um, held on too long when should have got out. And 
you know, now it's fine. This area support at 154.50, 154.40, like if you see back there. So, I mean, look at it right now. Um, you've got a lot of ways to fall if it tries to fill this all the way down to the back down to this 147. So, I think people might actually take a shot at it right here. Maybe if the end of the day, if it hangs out in this area, but we'll see. I'm staying away from it. But for for AMD, from AMD. Yeah, sometimes if you, you know, for me, I, mentally wise, I try to sometimes take away from the chart, like get away from the charts, get away from any anything that looks right or feels right. If, it, if I'm having a bad day trading or if I'm trading like a stock, you know, not having good trades on it, I'll just stay away from it, period, just because it's just right. one of those things that, you know, I think everyone has a stock in their uh, portfolio or at least a few that they've traded in the past. And every time they look at it, they just have that. You're like, man, I just don't trade this one that well. Doesn't work for me. Totally fair. Totally fair. Hey, yeah. I've not. Here's one I have not looked at for quite some time. Can you zoom out? Can I? Can I just uh, get a feel for the longer term trend on on Dave and Buster's? I haven't looked at it in in I don't know months. Oh, okay. Huh. What? I wonder what happened there. I don't. I don't know when that. What, oh, that was no. That was never mind. Oh, this is a this is a two year chart. Got it. Okay. Um. Yeah, okay. Tell us what you're seeing here. That's an interesting channel, and we kind of broke through it. Yeah, um, I, I think that this is a healthy pullback for the run that it had. This is a weekly chart, so you're just looking at pretty much they nobody had any issues this whole way up. And then they finally, you get some profit taking, and now we're getting a 50% retracement on that move, it looks like, on a weekly chart. So if you come down to at least try to see what it's doing right now, it's breaking that trend and, and actually – looks like it would be probably for some people looking like it's going to the downside. So you'd want to see it hold this area right now. It seems like a lot of stocks are, are doing the same thing where they had a run and then they're pulling back to some um, previous support levels. And now it's make or break in the market. I think that you said earlier, if I'm not mistaken, that you were a little worried um, and you weren't too convinced that this pullback was the, the when it bounced back so fast that it was going to continue. Right. And if, if, if you did say that, but I, I kind of agree with you. I think that it's that we have some more pain to come in the future um, when, when it comes to that pullback that we just had. I think that we're going to get. OK. OK. So here's a question from number number 47 in in, in the chat um, is and it's more of a macro trading question. So, Jesse, I'm assuming you you have a trading portfolio. Yes. Um, well, obviously, I'm not assuming that I know that. And in your portfolio. Do you trade 100% of your capital that you've allocated for this or do you, do you, how do you break it down? Sometimes. I mean, not every yeah. day, but I mean, um, it just depends on how many trades you take in a day. I feel like most of the time I'll take two to three trades that are meant to make my, my profit for the day. If that makes sense, if you have a profit or loss, like I try to make a certain profit on there. And then there is another portfolio that I think most people have multiple portfolios. I have another one that I'll, I'll buy, maybe I'll, I'll buy a, a long-term call that's naked and, and just do it as a speculation play. And I'll spend like 25% of that portfolio and not look at it for a while. But you know, there's one, you know, if you're looking at a five to 10 grand day trading portfolio, if that's, you know, most people are starting in that area. I feel, I feel like that it's up to you on what your, your risk is, but at the same time, I think it just depends on what kind of um, account you have too. If you're doing like, I think a, yeah. a B has a 
a trading account where he can only trade three times in a week. So with if you're doing a cash account like I do, then with no margin, then you can trade whatever's in your portfolio um, once it's your funds are settled for the day. And it, it, for me, I like it just because it keeps me honest, keeps me from over over buying or, you know, overselling if you're on the other side there. But I like to use my money, what I what I have in there. And, you know, there's no really set amount that I'm going to trade that day. It just depends on what I'm trading, what stock and what's, you know, what size well, I'm going with. Let me put it to you this way. Do you have a maximum amount of money that you're willing like a maximum number of trades you're willing to put on at any one time or a maximum amount of your portfolio you're willing to have on at any one time i know you know we've talked about controlling your risk and obviously uh you know having um a, you know a loss parameter knowing how much you're willing to lose on every trade but if you add up if you put on all those trades together do you have any rules for yourself about like for example i'm never going to have more than 90% of my account in in the market i like to have i like to have anywhere between 40 and 55 like 55% in in cash sitting there at all times at all times waiting for a real bad day that i can yeah. get in and buy more yeah so i don't okay. want to be i would hate to and it's happened to me where i've used my buying power and then I get in an hour or two later and I'm checking stocks and I'm like, man, I really want to buy here and I don't have any buying. Power. I've been there. We've all been there. Raise your hand if you've been there. If you want to go if you want to go on a, on a buying spree on your shopping list and you got you got no nothing left, power. man. And then, it, really and then you'll you'll buy it and it says you can, you know, you get those little warnings that are like, Hey, you have two days, you have to hold this for two days. And um yeah, that's the yeah. day that you wake up and the stock's up forty five percent. You're like, I need to sell. I'm going to take the penalty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it seems there. like a lot of times anybody I I talk to, they're like, I've got a hundred percent winner, but I can't sell it because of my my trade uh, rules. And I'm like, you should have never taken that trade. Yeah, I, I, I've had situations where I've been like, oh crap. Okay, clearly I'm much too big in this position. Let's just trim that right now, free up some cash, and buy and buy what I want to buy today. Like. Um, I've done that, you know, I've done that before, but, um, and here's how I approach it, um, is I like to keep, this is, this is not for my trading. My trading portfolio is very small, uh, for, but for my like longer term, my, my main taxable account, right. On fidelity, what I'll do is I'll like in an ideal world, keep like 10% in cash always, maybe a little bit less, like 8%. Um, I've definitely, had less than eight percent cash at certain times, um, and I've had more than eight percent cash at certain times. Um, but the the my general rule for myself is try to keep between eight to ten percent in cash at all times. Like Jesse said, on the days where you really want to go shopping, um, and also because cash is a is an asset, and um, you want to you know have some free capital. Uh, we might have a visitor uh, coming in. Generally, you get awesome. We love visitors on the show. Um, Oh, James, there's a bunch of tickers. Let me catch up on the chat here. Hold on. What, what, what are you guys talking about? I'm going to mute myself. I'll be right back. All right. We, we, uh, we just lost Jesse, and AB also had to step away. He'll be back, though. So let me, let me catch up on the chat. Um, do you use margin is a good question. Uh, yeah, having cash lets you freeze you up for you to use margin, obviously. So that's the other. That's another benefit of using cash, uh, of having cash, right? Um, 
gives you gives you some flexibility on the margin side. Okay, wait. Let, let's you guys are talking about the market here. So let's let's pull up the overall market and let's get rid of uh, Jesse's chart on the screen. Let's pull up my chart. Okay, we got the spy fifteen minute. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, whoa. Hey, you guys want to hear a fun fact? Mister Joel Elkanen is currently in the office right now. He's in a meeting. He's in a meeting. I don't want to bother him. But if he was not in the meeting, I would 100% yell his name and have him come over here and uh, have him panic with us. Because we just made a new low of the day in that last 15-minute bar in the spy. How are the cues doing? Same story? Uh, same story. Russell, what do you got for me? Same story. All right. New lows of the day across the board. No one's saying, no one's speaking, right? No one's saying anything. It's just, uh, I don't know. Intraday nervousness. She, Janet Yellen is talking. Oh, I don't know that. What's she saying? I don't even know. I'm on with, I'm on <laughs> is with she you. saying good stuff or bad stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Hold on. Here's uh, how you wait, know. Let, let's check spy. Here, here, here. Let's go. Go to the. Go to the. Go to the pro news feed. What do we got here? Um, search for spy. Spy is going to go to four sixty one. Um, Biden just said that Omicron is a cause for concern. Yeah, duh. I could have told you. We we all could have told you that. Um, okay. Oh, Biden speaking. No, the market doesn't usually react to what Biden says. Um. Uh no okay Who's anyway Biden? new I'm just kidding President Biden yeah I'm just kidding uh, President Biden. President President Biden that that Biden that guy. the 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 other the yeah the anyway yeah, so other. new so, low uh, of the day in the spy but hey let's keep things in perspective people let's keep things in perspective let's go to the left forever go to the left forever okay I hate the people that say that look at charts like this and say, oh, this won't end well. Why the hell not? Screw you, this won't end well. Markets go up more than they go down. Okay? I'm not saying we can't go down. Of course we can go down. We should go down probably. It's healthy to go down every so often. But don't don't think we have to go down just because we're at or near an all-time high. Come on now. That's just silly. And those of you that are new to trading, if you're out there buying options, in my opinion, you're silly to think that this thing is going to fall to like, I was seeing someone say, oh, it's going to go down to 350. And I'm like, if you get a five to 10 hour pullback in SPY, that's a, that's a good pullback as of late. You know, I mean, if you get any type of pullback at, for a few bucks, so you're people saying a hundred, $150 pullback, that something big would have to happen. Something bad. What? Come bad. on now. Let me get some moving averages up on the screen just because I like looking at moving averages and. We got the 50-day. We got the 200-day. Okay, there we go. That's better. Have you traded um, or looked at SPY-G at all? I got to admit, that's a new one for me. Yeah. The SPY Series growth. Trust, spider portfolio growth. SPY growth. Oh, crap. Come on now. There we go. SPY it, growth. Doesn't it look a lot like SPY? <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Let's look at this correlation here. The SPY-G. And hey, why? Oh, nope. Not not I meant to do. While we're at it, um, everybody hit that second. like. While we're at it, we're we're looking at spy G. We're looking at spy, and is there a spy V? Yes, there is. 
Spy, spy growth, spy value. Let's go year to date. Okay, shocker. Growth has outperformed. I, I, I don't know what's in Spy G. I'm just guessing off the top of my head it's probably the FANG stocks. Facebook, right. Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, if I had to guess. But it's a lot um, cheaper than the other ones, so if the new one's looking at one, it's just one that I was been watching. Spy looks like it's um, hovering around its 50-day. Is that what I'm seeing? Yes, I think it is. Let's go to Spy. Yeah, we didn't quite get there yesterday. That's okay. All right. Anyway, okay, Jesse, what else? What other tickers are you looking at here? Uh, I bought uh, yesterday and sold it because I've traded this one a lot. It's LPI and um, LPI. I don't. I don't know this one at all. Petroleum. And we had it came right back into this area right here where you see that it came into 55 and it just immediately bounced and just shot up and I just got out because it was such a quick move. But then today I was watching it again. It's coming back down and testing that same area. And I don't, I, I think it's going to break down a little further. So I'm, I'm out of this one now, but um, just watching a lot of the, um, anything to do with crude or, you know, watching gush, which is another one that a lot of people like to trade mm. um, oxy, just watching this pullback. How, how long would you typically hold a gush? Sometimes minutes. Okay. Um, no, well, I meant, okay. I don't really hold a lot of things very long. Okay. Um, okay. I'm looking for instant gratification. Nice. And um, sleep better at night by having everything settled and not waiting to wake up in the morning. Now, I've missed out a lot of money because I... I don't hold a lot of stuff overnight, but, um, you know, long-term wise, a lot, of, I think a lot of members that are, that are in my group, they'll ask me like, Hey, what are you buying long-term? And I'm like, what's long-term if, if I make 25% on my money in a couple of days, I might just sell it. So that's that. And it could have been a long-term play, but I like to take the profit when I see it. I have a problem. I sell too early a lot. Um, it happens a lot, but, that's just the way that I actually do. That's just the way that I buy and sell. You know, it's just sometimes it's just happens. So f I want it to happen fast. I mean, if you, I wish I could make a hundred percent on every trade in five minutes, but um, five to ten, twenty percent. You could, if no matter how long it takes, that's quick money. But something like these, uh, if, they're all trades. If you have any tickers in the chat, you would like Jesse's take on. Drop it in there. And uh, we'll take a look. He joins us every Wednesday for a half hour to hang hang out. Ford's talk about, doing a healthy pullback. Ford, I'm also watching because tomorrow, no, no, Friday they've got they're presenting at a couple EV conferences. Um, you know, we talked about 19 being uh, important this morning. Obviously, it's still there now. So, um, Ford is an interesting one. It was such it's such a slow mover, such a dog, and then all of a sudden it goes from like freaking 10 to 20 on you. And then um, that's not normal for Ford. So let's see what they say around their EV roadmap on Friday. But 19 is critical is what Joel said. Yeah, I had some call options for, for January year out, and I really wish I would have held them a lot longer than I did. Hey, I, I, I was long until 13. Yeah. Whoa. Think, what just happened? No, yeah, I'm catching up on the chat. So James is watching ARKK. Oh boy, this is making me afraid to look. 
break a hundred. All right, ARKK, oh, and I, I've got the ARKW. All right, so w- w- let's start. Let's start playing some catch up here. So what what do we got here? How's how's Tesla doing? No, it's fine. Tesla's not the problem. I have to now. I got to go pull up the the largest holdings in ARKK because I don't know them off the top of my head. Okay, we got PayPal P Y P L. Okay, Coinbase, Teladoc, Roku, Zoom. Let's take a look. See here, Coinbase. These are all the top holdings in ARKK. Coinbase. Yep, leaking Teladoc. Oh gosh, Teladoc's below a hundred. Oh man, Teladoc, below a hundred. This thing. How how much was this thing earlier in the year? This thing was three hundred dollars. In February, it's below 100 now. Um, Roku, how's Roku doing today? Roku is down five. Per, wow, that Roku chart looks horrible. Horrible. Look at that. That's disgusting. I've got a Roku. I love Roku. I'm, I wanted to buy Roku years I ago. Roku and I know, right behind this. Laptop. I wanted to buy Roku like three years ago and I didn't do it. And I regretted it. They're not bad. Holy I mean, they, cow. They're compatible with everything. My wife's Apple TV, all that stuff. Wow. Dude, this is this is not everybody's weird. I guess everyone's not out buying their four hundred dollar TVs at the Walmart right now. So here's one that kind of goes know. I can go in is this is my my love trade for the day that I had was BBW. Um I love this one. I've I've been talking about them for so long. And when I was at Kings Island, which is, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's one of our, it's mm-hmm. like a big theme park in Ohio. Yep. But, um, they have built a bear workshops there and they were open and full of people oh, every really? time we were there. And then I go to the mall to go shopping with my family for Christmas and BBW is the only build a bear workshop was like the only store besides a children's place is another children's clothing store that we on one, there's a double floor, big mall, popular mall used to be yep. booming and almost every store was gone and there's bright and shiny build a bear kids ran right up to it. And I'm like, you know, maybe they're winning because there's just nowhere else to shop in. That's so interesting. You had that experience. Mine was the exact opposite. I was at the mall on Friday, uh, a very busy mall in, in New Jersey and built the build a bear was a ghost town. It was one really? of the only store. It was one of the only stories where like there was just nothing happening. Interesting, That's right? Crazy. Interesting. Um, you were just there. Maybe it was just a bad time. <laughs> could it could have been? I don't know. You were there during um, school. Kids were in school. <laughs> no. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Friday. But look at that chart today. Yeah. Throw this into the category of the Crocs too, which is like yeah. things you stocks you wouldn't have thought would still be around crocs and build a bear and not only are they still around they're booming well like didn't like some rap artists and like celebrities start getting like their own branded styles of crocs like they started becoming like a trend yeah yeah and for me does that mean that a lot of them are investing as well I mean, if they're rocking, if they're rocking the Crocs, are they rocking? I don't the know. Of, of Croc, you know. I don't know. 
And Wait, that's a lot of uh, money. That's a lot of money out there that could be going in the, if, they're, if they're buying into it. So I mean, I don't know if it's moving money, moving the stock that much, but apparently some people in our chat are local to New Jersey. What's up? Um, oh, James says he used to live in Central New Jersey, right by where I grew up. And then uh, Planet Cyclist is born and raised in, in AC. That must have been interesting. Yeah, I see some people say in Dayton, Ohio, that's 30 minutes north of me. And a lot of people here, looks like it says I'm a natty kid. Cincinnati, that's, I grew up downtown. Oh, I was wondering what that meant. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Cincinnati. Cincinnati so. Got it. Got it. Anyway. Well, Bengals, um, baby. Beat the Steelers. Pittsburgh went down um, in the house on Sunday, so. I'm I'm keeping an eye on just my my Benzinger Pro scanner, just looking at, at what's happening here in the last few minutes. Tech is obvious. I mean, the whole market has been leaking here. Um, but if you go to look at um, like 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 how like how Salesforce is doing right now, that's what I want to know. Salesforce was sort of your your outlier of the morning. Uh, the earnings were fine, but not amazing, and the stock was down pre market, and and it really has been leaking all day here. So just made a new low. Just bounced. So CRM is another one I pair with that is Twilio. Look at that. It's dropping as well. Christian, I agree, man. NJ gets no respect. No respect. No respect. Yeah. I think of that show, The Jersey Shore. Yeah, that's what everyone thinks of. Uh, um, Justin, (laughs) Justin, I am from a a small village called East Brunswick. Um, is where I'm from. Uh, okay. Um, I've heard of that from something, some type of show or movie. No, I don't know. Uh, okay. Just keeping an eye on Salesforce, keeping an eye on Twitter, keeping an eye on the payments. Hey, how are the payments doing today? Uh, they got punished last few weeks. Let's pull up Visa. Oh, it's down. Well, the whole market's down, so it's not a great. Wow. This Visa is at a very interesting area here. Can I, let me pull up my chart. This Visa is looking like it is at the support. How much support? Look at how much support you got here, Visa. Okay, look at this. Wow. One, two, three days in the last couple of weeks. But then go back to January. You've got support here. You got support here from October of last year. Wow. And oh, July of last year, too. Okay. One night. Is this 192? Is that what this is? Uh, or one night, 189? One. So you saw the 180 puts and. Let's call it. Let's just call it 192. Let's call it 192. You fall below 192, rut row. 150. Sure, I can see that. But God, this wow. thing is just hated right now. And it's Visa. I saw an, uh, a thing today. Credit card applications are at an all time high right now. I just got a new credit card for the first time in four years. I wonder what the average credit score rating is if it's increasing for the average consumer like if their if credit scores are getting better well more more credit is more credit is good for your credit score right so well what uh, i'm thinking is is are they losing money and because i know that a lot of these banks and a lot of these companies get most of their money from fees and people actually not paying their bills yeah so yeah. If people are increasing their credit paying their bills and actually not giving them the fees that they once were making are they losing money because of lack of fee collection that could be. I mean, um, Mastercard. Mastercard is 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 in is in fisticuffs with Amazon right now over over the over their fees and uh, over in the UK. But yeah, I mean that's always been the case, right? The people that are not paying their paying their bill every month, they subsidize all the perks, 
all the benefits, all the free miles, all the rewards, right? All the cash back you get. I was having a long conversation with my family over the weekend about about that because my uncle was like, my uncle and my dad are like hardcore, like credit card. I, I don't know what the term like skimmers or whatever. They like they like milk the system for all the rewards they can get, which is hey, if if the companies offer it, right? But it's the people not paying that subsidize all that. So it's a great question, Jesse. Um, you They're the think, ones that are going into the. Your family's the ones going in and asking the dealership to let them buy the car on the credit card so they get all the free the miles. No, wait. Can I tell you about about this this arbitrage that my uncle is doing? This is this is pretty crazy stuff. This is this is the the minutia of my family. So my my uncle, what he'll do is, and by the way, this may this is not not a very profitable scam. I'm just saying. Um, what he'll do is he'll go to the store, and he'll buy a gift card for a gas station okay exxon whatever bp he'll pay for the gift card with a credit card okay he will then take said gift card whatever it's whatever's on it and when he goes to fill up his tank he will pay for the gas with the gift card now a gift card counts as cash it does not count as credit in 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 terms of like the pay the form of payment right right so that's that's cheaper. That's actually a little bit cheaper than paying cash versus paying credit for gas. And so that's an arbitrage he does. He will acquire a gift card via via credit and then pay for the actual gas with cash. He does that. that makes sense. He does it every single time. And I, well, I don't know what he saves. He saves like a couple bucks each time he does that. But a couple bucks times... 50 times a year, he does a lot of driving. Yeah, so, I'm sure that there's certain terms at times of the year where there's like a perk, like, hey, if you buy a $100 gift card at Kroger's or your local grocery store, then they'll give you, you know, a certain amount of points for gas. So you're getting like 30, 40 cents off right, of gas. Right. So, so you're getting that. And then you're also getting the lower price for gas at the pump. Now, right. who's being screwed here? Who's being screwed is, is the gasoline owner, is the, the guy who owns yeah. the, 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 the gas station. Um, that sucks for him, frankly. Uh, he's the guy that's getting. I think getting, they make pennies off of gas anyway, from what I hear. That's they make all their money off of the merchandise in the store. Right. Well, okay. I don't know that, but that could be true. Uh, in any case, this is yeah, a don't thing. Don't buy sunglasses. I'm telling you, I have a friend. I'm ratting you out, Rocky, but he owns a distribution company. They have like 300 percent markup on all those little novelty items. You know, you pay eight to 10 bucks or 20 bucks for glasses. They're like a dollar 50 to the owner. And it's crazy. I had no idea how cheap all this little, the little knickknack things at your convenience stores are. Wait, Proton does the same thing with, with red lobster. <laughs> buy, buy us a red lobster gift card for the cash back. And, and then pays for his meal with that. Um, yeah, this is a thing. Great. Great. I'm glad that people are, are, are making use of the system. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I think the gas work. thing is a little bit silly unless you it's only, it's only worth it if you do a lot of driving like my, like my uncle does but uh, hey the, the arbitrage is there you want to save a couple bucks every time you fill up, fill up your tank there you go buy, you buy, buy a gift dollar, card you save a dollar a gallon on my truck I mean I'm saving 60 bucks at the pump <laughs> I feel there like you, it's there you go there you go. There you go. Uh, all right. It is 134. Uh, we've been on with Jesse Kaler from Elite Trading. Joins the show every single Wednesday. Um, if you want to join our show at any point in the week, um, 
come email us, shows at benzinger.com. And Jesse, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Have a great yeah, rest we'll of your day, all right? Next week. Yep. All right. Special guest now. There he is. He just walked across the screen. Joel Elkanen. You did this. You did this. I, I did not. Rohan, can you zoom out, please? Rohan, are you even at your computer? There he is. Oh! Put, oh put the headphones on. Oh, my God. This is... Wow. Look at this. Look at this, everyone. Surprise guest today. Let's see if, how long it takes to figure out. What's up, Joel? Hey, good afternoon. You got a microphone there. Oh, my God. This is... <laughs> Aaron, you got a big head, man. I did like this. <laughs> Joel, look at this! Holy macro! What's up? What's going on in the market? Uh, not, not, not good. We're no. just talking, talking about Visa, but yeah, here you want, you want to take take a look, see? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're still way up. Yeah. 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 I, I should I should probably show you what, show you what I'm showing Joel. Can I get some real quotes here? <laughs> you want some real <laughs> quotes? Yeah, yeah, on your phone. Yeah. I just have to do it on my phone. That's I fair. Brought, I should have brought my computer. I'll get some real quotes. That, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. No, we're yeah. doing okay. We're still green on the session. We're up 37 handles. Uh, you hear that, everyone? We're doing okay. Everyone chill. Everybody <laughs> relax. We're doing okay, Joel says. What's up? This uh, this is a nice setup jo- here. Joel looks so young right now. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the new guy? That's a great question, Tiny Pie. I don't know. Joel is in the office. Yes, this is the fir- this is the first time that Joel and I have been in the office at the same time since before COVID. <laughs> it's true. February. Joel- what was the date? We marked. It was it March. It was March. It no, was- I was. I stopped coming. Oh, in you did because because Elisa. Um, yeah, February twenty something. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think it was Feb- February twenty fifth. I believe it was a Friday. W- w- what do you think of the new digs? <laughs> <laughs> man, oh man! I mean. I know you put this up here because I no, was coming in yeah, today. It is, no, this is up every day. Oh, this, really? This is up every, well, actually, I should not say that. It's been up all week. How about that? This actually looks like a, like a real studio. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> Guys, we are gone are the days where we do do uh, do all this stuff from our desk, right? Yeah, and you're not over there? Well, you're over there in the morning, right? Yeah, because I, I need more information for pre-market prep. It's yeah, so information. I, I, I've got my laptop here, and that's all I got. I kind right. of feel like naked. Make, naked yeah, I, I hear you. I, I, you know, it's I an adjustment. Know. It's an adjustment to not have four screens in front of you at all times. Um, could you like? Could you hang some screens up here for me, and then you know, so I could like click my mouse and look up at the screens? Because Rohan, do you hear that? Can we hang screens from the ceiling? Rohan's producing from home today. Um, uh, it's certainly possible. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the possibilities of that. Uh, yeah, Joel. And wait, can you can you show Joel the overhead view as well? Yeah, one second. Okay, thank you. Take take a look. See, right over there. You're gonna. Oh, look! Look at that. You see that camera up there? Oh, which one? Wait. On the ceiling. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Jason let you guys look! 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 <laughs> Jason let you guys spend all this money. What's going on? I, here? He wasn't here. Shh. I don't like he, I don't like this chair, but whatever. Jason wasn't here. That's 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 the trick. Look at this. This looks so good. Look, you, you got the rink in the campus marshes in the background. You got the TVs. You got the TV. You got people. There's one thing I can't do. I I know you guys think I can do everything. Yeah. I can't ice skate. Oh really? Nope. We we're we're actually going to do a segment of the show uh, live from the rink. We haven't figured out quite how yet, but we're going to do it. A, B, and I can, can can get out there and uh, 
I can I can uh, I can not rollerblade because there's only a couple, but uh, roller skate. I can definitely I can definitely roller skate. So who who's out there? Who do we got? Uh, who we got watching us this afternoon? We got uh we got some people from familiar names in chat. We got Richard Judge. We got Born to Be Free. We got Jack Douglas, James, Number Forty Seven. Welcome to the chat, Number Forty Seven. Planted Cyclist. I've seen you around before. Patrick Starr. What's up, man? Christian Gallagher. Travis Martin. A few of you have, have some outstanding swag or swag. Do we uh, have any bots out there? If you're a bot, press one. <laughs> Anthony, are you a bot? Press one. Um, yeah, no, we got we got a few hundred, a hundred people right now, and then we're going to have the roadmap in 20 minutes, talk NFTs and crypto and all that jazz. But this is our, our midday digs, Joel. It, it looks great. I mean, I, I, I have to you, you were here. You were here on Thursday, correct? Uh, for the parade or no? You weren't. I didn't go no, for you, the parade. I was here on for uh, uh, lighting the menorah in the D. Right. Okay. So you should have seen us here, Joel, on Wednesday night. Um, we cleaned. Shout out to Aaron Thomas, man. That got cleaned. Like spent all day Wednesday cleaning our office. We haven't hosted anyone in like well over a year. Obviously, um, the office was a a pigsty, and Aaron Thomas cleaned spent all day cleaning and we we were here i was here till like 8 p.m uh which is late because i was up at three in the morning um cleaning so this is the cleanest the office has been in a year and a half it looks great everyone should see the digs down here in uh in downtown detroit and the view man we got the view we got the view if you want i can do this show from here it'll just be harder for me i think no, no i have less information you know why? Because you need like multiple screens. So I when I ask you tough questions, you can look them up on Google. I, that, that's that's my secret. That's what I do. Joel says what happened, and I I, I literally Google what happened at eleven thirty p.m. No, I don't do that. Um, oh, thank you, Bad Hog, for new rollerblades, Joel. We got a fiver. No, no more. No, no more. No more skiing. No more rollerblading. Uh, All right. I'm, not, I'm not gonna pull a hammy. I already S- talked about stick that. Stick to the stick to the pool. St- stick to the pool today. But. Stick to the pool. Um, okay, Joel, we will see you on at the close today. We didn't yeah, do it yesterday. We'll see gotta, you on at the yeah, close I today. Get home. Could you keep the spoos above forty seven hundred till I get home? Because I, I you got the spider up there, it's Spencer. We're just gonna have to convert you to the spoos. I mean that's I like the spoos overnight. I like looking at the S P features before. Like nine a.m. You know what? It's and like, after and after, like four thirty. Dennis has been a negative influence on you. But during the day, during the day, what's wrong with the spy? Overnight, I'm with you. I will give you the overnight. That's that's half the day. We'll we'll have to do our old uh, spider spoo uh, debate again. But I will tell you though. During the uh, when the markets got crazy, you know, back during COVID and yeah. everything, I think the combination of following the spiders and the spoos yeah. at the same time, it really, it it, it, it really helped to figure out what what was going on or what maybe was going to go on yeah. or what you thought was going to go on. Yeah. But uh, I think that, that that's a big benefit. But uh, I, I was actually just I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was thinking about that whole period. And I, I remembered something that I said, and I, I cringe really hard when I, I thinking back at it now. Um, probably one of the dumbest things I've ever said. But I remember when you know everything hit the fan, the world, the world was literally ending right in March of last year. And I pondered out loud on the show. I was like, should they just close the markets? 
And then you and Dennis were like, no, they shouldn't close the markets. That's a horrible idea. And I was like, okay, okay, we shouldn't do that. Do you want a quick story? Yeah, One sure. One more story? Do we yeah. have time? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we got time. Coming on. Uh, I was asking myself that same question. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I talked about the emergency trip to, uh, to um, Virginia to pick up Emily yeah, yeah. and move her. And it was on a Friday, and Trump was making a speech. Yeah. And, and and you thought he was going to shut down the highways, right? Uh, well, yeah, I don't 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 let people know I'm that paranoid. <laughs> Plus, I didn't want to get stuck in Ohio. I mean, what how worse could that? Yeah, have been? Uh, it would have been bad. Uh, but um, Trump was going to speak, yeah. and I was driving, and I and I just was like, I hope he doesn't shut down the markets. I'm just like, we got to keep the markets open. Yeah. And Lisa said, you can't. I'm not gonna let you drive anymore. Like you're all over the road, and so we we had to pull over. All over the road. What do you mean? You were like. I was just, just like, I was just, I'm like, I right. just, you know, things were hitting the fan. And so we pulled over and then she started driving. Okay. And then, you know, I heard his speech and, you know, they said, hey, they're, you know, because you got to keep the markets open. Because if they would have closed the markets, <laughs> I mean, then that would have really, you know, then there were people, oh, are they going to close the banks? You know, it would have inflicted yeah. that. Oh, so, it would have been bad. Yeah. yeah. So, no, we made it through it. But, Spencer, you, you do an incredible job here. I mean... Um, it is. I, I did not build this set, just to be clear. Shout out to Ron and Aaron for building the set here. I only just bugged them about it for a while. And you are wearing short sleeves uh, during the winter. I just want you to know that. I, I have know. a jacket. <laughs> it's like I don't have a jacket here. It's warm under these lights, Joel. You don't want to. You, it is. You, you people don't see we got all these lights up here. It's hot. It's hot. It is. It is. Well, thanks for having me here. I, I Surprise visit. Yep, yep. I had uh, came in and uh, what, I, looks like there's enough room in here for me. If I want to start, is it okay if I start coming back in? There, we'll have to kick Bree out of your desk, but yes, uh, I will kick Aaron Bree out. No problem. But I don't know. I like this setup, though. I mean, we might have to. We might have to get the engineers. We in can. We we can. We can fiddle. Because I can't do this without. You know, I can't be looking at. Well, we, we've got four. We've got three studios. We've got here. We've got there. We've got the other one. We've we've got we've got room to fiddle. Okay. We, we 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 can fiddle. Yeah. Can you do phone calls from here? Could you have people call in or not? Uh yeah, we can we can do that, right, Ron? Uh not maybe not well it, he's from it's home. easier when I'm actually at my desk, but yes, yeah. we can do phone calls. Ro Rohan, how you feeling, man? Are you are you okay? Do do we have a test result yet or no? I've been on the phone for the past hour. I probably have another two hours ahead of me to get my results. Dear Lord, look at Justin Miller breaking the bank with 99 cents <laughs> here. Holy mackerel. Uh, everyone, Rohan, we suspect, may have COVID, so uh, oh, feel better, Rohan. So you're man. trying to get me to come back in the office, and you tell me that. No. Well, he hasn't been here for like a week and a half. All right, we'll um, figure it out. We'll figure it out. But thanks yeah. for having me, Spencer. Thanks for coming on, Joel. Don't forget to take off the headphones. Don't, don't walk away with this. Um, guys, surprise guest, Joel Elkanen. Give him a round of applause in studio. That's a first. Literally haven't seen Joel in the office in almost two years. Uh, we will get AB back on in a second, and um, we'll wrap the show up here. But, hey, fun show. Oh, gosh. And now they're schmoozing, the two of them. And, like, it's funny. <laughs> Aaron was telling me, like, uh, for like a, for a couple of days, he was like Joel's favorite person at Benzinga, but only for a couple of days, right? After that, I, I, I want to hear about this when Aaron comes back on. Um, uh, because, <laughs> I think Aaron went to dinner at Joel's house and Joel was like, oh, Aaron, my new favorite singer. But that was 
three months ago. Um, okay, what I want to talk about before um, before uh, we end the show here is I, I do want to talk about SpaceX a little bit. Sometimes I see stories and I see headlines, and I'm um, I'm just glad that that's not me. You know what I mean? And this is basically what I what I what I thought to myself when I saw the SpaceX news this morning. Uh, which, if you didn't see that, I'm, I'm going to pull up the article from who's the outlet here that that had it first. Got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, SpaceExplorer.com are the ones that broke the news. Uh, they uh, broke the news of this email, basically that Elon sent out to SpaceX employees. I guess Thursday or Friday over the weekend. Um, and this is this is the money line right there. That's it. This is at the end of the email. What it comes down to is that we face a genuine risk of bankruptcy if we can't achieve a Starship flight rate of at least once every two weeks next year. Um, I guess they're having some serious issues with their uh, Raptor um, boosters that they have not been able to fix. Um, this is coming from Elon Musk himself, right? And, you know, it's hard to tell exactly how much of that is him trying to stress urgency or, you know, obviously we don't know. Um, but I'm just glad that that's not me, um, Aaron Bree, working at SpaceX, trying to figure out this Raptor engine. Um, I guess we're having some serious problems there. Um, and they've had a number of uh, executives leave the company in, in the last year. Some high-level executives leave the leave SpaceX. Um they're, they're struggling right now to get through this. And I saw that, and I just thought of all the stress we have here at Benzinga, we don't have the risk of bankruptcy. Knock on wood. Knock on so, um, AB, man, do you have fun smoothing with Joel? Yeah, Joel's, Joel's my fave. Yeah. You, you were his favorite um, person here for, like, a, what, like a day? I don't know, yeah. I, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I like to think I still am, but I don't know if that's true. Um, yeah, Christian, that Christian's message basically sums up what Elon's email. Actually, no, the the other thing that that uh, Elon said was, unless you have pressing family matters or are out of town, it's all hands on deck this weekend, is what he said. Um, it was probably not a fun weekend if you work at SpaceX. This so. isn't entirely random, but I just want to state for the record that I miss AB's mustache. Like, I legitimately enjoyed that. It might make a comeback it was fun, at the point. It's fun about last time. Yeah, I, I threw an ask out there yesterday. If we got up to 300 likes yesterday, I was going to keep it, but. Um, they didn't deliver. It, yeah, we didn't get enough likes. AB, why do you smell like cleaning supplies? <laughs> I don't know what that means. You guys want to listen to uh, my hold music? Can you hear it? Dude, take it off, I'm please. I'm tired of it. No, no, take it off. What, I, what is that? What are you on hold for? Your, to get your my test? COVID test. They didn't email it to me. They said 10 minutes. It's Dude, that, that, hold music, that hold music is triggering. Yeah. <laughs> you just triggered me so hard with that. I can't. Take, I didn't mind it. You haven't been on hold like that with that music. I have. We're at 116 likes right now. Can we get to 250 in the next 10 minutes? I think we can. I think we can. Right now we're at 117. Anyway, I just wanted to talk. I want to bring up the SpaceX thing. Um, not really a market's headline, but just, you know, it, it, sometimes we, we forget 
um, you know, how much freaking pressure these people are under, whether it's SpaceX, frank, frankly, whether it's Tesla, whether it's any EV, any company that's trying to, like, make a new industry and push society forward in a way, the pressure is is ridiculous. And, I, and it almost does make me forgive a lot of the crazy shit that Elon says on Twitter because the guy is under, like, insane otherworldly amount of stress at all times, working 90 hours a week, I'm sure. Um, the other thing that I, I was reminded of is, you know, a lot was made yesterday when or Monday when Jack Dorsey stepped down from CEO of Twitter and, you know, there was some, uh, some criticism levied at Dorsey over the years because he's the CEO of two major publicly traded companies, right, Twitter and Square, and how much attention could he really realistically be paying to both. Um, well, Elon Musk is the same way. Right, he's the CEO of Tesla. He's the CEO of SpaceX. He's got the Boring Company. Um, it just goes to show that, like, as you know, Elon Musk is probably at least two times more productive than the average person because he's like a freaking genius. But even he has his limits. So a guy like that is probably spending like every waking hour for three straight days as this email would seem to imply, obsessed with, with, with SpaceX, that means it's not thinking about Tesla, right? The guy's um, uh, time is always divided. Attention is divided. Um, I, I just, I, I think we'd all, we'd all do well to remember that, that, that Elon Musk, as, as, as much of a genius and um, as crazy efficient as that guy is, you know, it's not like he's 100% focused on Tesla because he's not. Um, he's got other things going on. So, and maybe SpaceX IPOs one day, who knows, but in which case that'd be cool. But, uh, it's one fifty-two. We got eight minutes until the roadmap. We're at 126 likes. Get, get us to two fifty, everyone. Um, what else are, what else was on our list, man? I'm 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 going through our list to catch up and see if we missed anything. I don't think we did. Oh, did Meta turn red? I think Meta turned red today. A lot of uh, stocks are kind of coming down from their Meta and Netflix both turned red on the day. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think I just saw a headline that the first case of this Omicron variant was found in California. What? Uh, was only yeah, that was matter. a matter of time, right? That was not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. I want to know how quickly they're able to like make new tests for a different kind of a variant. I don't know. It seems interesting. Well, when I had COVID, I when when I was getting tested, I was like, "Hey, can you test for Delta?" And she said, "Well, we can, but it'll take like a month to get the results to see if you have Delta or not. Or we can just test you for just COVID at all and just assume you have Delta." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, let's just do that." So, we we have the ability to test now for different variants. It just it, it's not as efficient. It takes a long time. Um, but that would be ideal in the future, probably. <clears throat> they are saying it's what it's 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 way more contagious than Delta, um, but not as deadly. Hopefully, um, so there's that. Uh, also, keeping an eye on software names today because we've got some names after the close. We've got uh, AI reports tonight. C three AI AI is your ticker. Uh, we've got. Uh, who else? Where, where's my where's my earnings calendar here? We got a bunch of earnings, a bunch of earnings tonight. We were, I thought we were done with earnings, but I guess we're not. We got like a couple more days of like some serious earnings reports, and then then, then we're then really it's going to be quiet uh, for the rest of the year. 
Until um, it's not. And well, no, it'll be quiet. Uh, well, well yeah. eh, maybe not actually. If we got new variants going on, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say we'll be quiet. Uh, something that Aaron and I need to figure out is: Do we are we going to do a show, Aaron, the last week of the year? Because I will be taking time off because it's use it or lose it, and I got to use it. Well, you're taking time off. We'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe I'll do some solo shows. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll fill that up with some good guests. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss okay. that. We got some time. We got. If, hey, if you all want to co-host a show with Aaron the last week of the year, we should do some guest hosts. That's what we should do. Get some guest hosts. That'll be fun. Email us. Shows at Benzinga.com. Check it out. Um, ba 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 what's what's chat saying let me catch up on there okay how's your portfolio doing today you you, you okay i'm doing okay i'm doing i'm doing okay i'm doing uh you know for every i got a lot of shitty stocks frankly no i shouldn't say that i have a lot of stocks that have had shitty years okay however i've got some winners as well airbnb Doing okay. Um, I've got the overall market. That's doing okay. Here's one thing I want to look at right now before we go. How is Starbucks doing? I sold that. I sold Starbucks. Oh, hmm. That's interesting. I've not looked at this chart in probably a couple weeks. Let me pull it up on the screen here. Come on now. Okay, so this is my first time looking at Starbucks in a couple weeks. I sold this what at like one. I think I sold it here. I think I sold it at like one fifteen or one fourteen, somewhere in that window. Hmm. And the reason I sold it is first of all, the reason I bought it is because I thought they were going to announce. Um, I was basically betting on Starbucks announcing a, uh, a coffee membership program, like Panera did. They haven't done that yet. Um, and I and I sold it because was it Darden Restaurants warned about like serious hardcore staffing shortages, and then I experienced it in real life, and I was like, okay, I'm terrified now. I'm terrified of owning any sort of restaurants. So, as Starbucks actually has not been not been doing that bad. Although we do have a moving average crossover, a bearish crossover, the 50 day cross below the 200 day. If you're into that sort of thing. Moving average crossovers, right? When the when the shorter moving average crosses above the longer one, that's bullish, and vice versa if it's below. Um, so that would be that. That was uh, a couple of weeks ago, but that's a bearish sign right there. Anyway, I haven't looked at that chart for a while. Yeah, Amazon's red. Jay's asking if I beat the index. Like if I'm outperforming the overall market this year, um, it's a good question, Jay. I should check on that. <laughs> no, I, I, in all seriousness, I, I actually can't wait. Every year, you know, at the end of the year, I, I always like, you know, do my. Um, I'm not sure what you would call it. I um, look at all my accounts, look at all my, all my financials, uh, see how I did, how much money came in, how much money went out, how much, how my investments did. Set all up for the year. That, that's a really fun experience for me. I highly recommend you all do that as well. If you're not like once a year doing just like a full review of like all your finances, 
You should. It, it, it makes you feel in control. Even if you're not in control, it makes you feel in control. If you and make, It's just good to know what's going on, right? It's good to know what's going on with the overall. It's not, yeah, a rebalance. or just an analysis. Christian does it monthly. Christian, I actually do it monthly too, but not for my investments, I don't. I do it for like my actual like cash flow, right? What goes in, what goes out. But I do my uh, like a full review of my investments every, and not even a review, just like a okay. Let's actually make a note of wh- where we at for the year, allocation. How do we do? Anything we want to buy or sell or change, I do that every every December. That's a fun time for me. Yes, lone pigs and cub, money does come in. Money comes in. You know where it comes in from. It comes in from Zincoin. That's where it comes in from. I sold all my Zincoin. I'm just kidding. I didn't sell any Zincoin. Um, but yeah, I do once a month for the uh, the budget stuff and once a year for the investment stuff. And it's a very fun experience, I have to say. AB, I recommend you do that. I will do that, Spencer. Right. Maybe we'll do it live on the show. Oh, that would be weird. I have thought about that. It, it'd be so personal, though. It's so personal. Doing a portfolio review. I'll review like all my finances on the show. Yeah. That'd be, oh gosh, I don't know. That'd be weird. Anyway, okay, it's two o'clock. We got to wrap. The roadmap is live, going live right now. We're talking the world of NFTs. Um, one of the biggest stories of the year is the emergence of NFTs. So stay tuned to those guys, Chris and Maz, doing their thing as always. Uh, are we at? 250 likes. No, we, we are, are not. at 132. That's disappointing. Dun, dun, dun. And yeah, so, so, right, do it so the IRS will leave me alone. Uh, anyway, everyone have a great weekend. Or not great weekend. Have a great rest of your day. I will see you in an hour and a half for the out to close show with Joel. And um, yeah, stay green, stay filled, and uh, the roadmap live right now. <laughs>